Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. With all kinds of family, we chose this one. This is episode 87, Sydney Crosby. 30 Mary, Crazy Larry. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two, and this episode is brought to you by Dodge. No way. The, Get out of here. The Dodge Hellcat, if you know, you know. When you have the guts to give drivers 707 horsepower, 650 foot-pounds of torque, and a staggering quarter-mile time, you got the glory of having arguably two of the most coveted cars on the road. Thanks, Dodge, man. Do you think when Pusha T put out the Daytona album a year or two ago, whenever that was, two years ago, Ooh. and the first track was If You Know You Know, was that about the Dodge Hellcat? It possibly could have been. I wonder if Pusha T was like on tour at like Dodge dealerships doing If You Know You Know <laughs> concerts. <laughs> You know, it's like he's... Anything's the, possible. The, I do know, because if I know, I do know. If you know, you know. Yeah, and the beat just drops in in the background. All right. Well, welcome back to the show, our Nothing But Time Friday episode. This is Dirty Mary Crazy Larry, once again referenced in Death Proof. I've got more Tarantino connections there. Oh, cool. This is also nice. the movie that your dad told us to watch. Yes. And we will get into that on the back half of this episode. But Joe, before we get there, extracurricular activities. What have you been up to? Since we recorded Fast and Furious 6 with Mr. Brian Rodriguez. Um, nothing. I had a super busy week, so I just took, like, a chill weekend. I've been trying to, like, not email anything and, like, look cool. at my... Yeah, I've been, like, I needed a technology disconnect. Cool. Like, I needed to detox a little bit. Like, I've been getting, you know, billions of emails every day, all day, so... So what is there to do in today's society if you're not emailing and you're not on your phone? We have this dichotomy where there's, like, talk about essential workers, right? Where, like, sure. some people are working and then some people have to work via email or zoom meetings right Mm -hmm. i'm in a like a nice in-between place that like i'm still doing physical work and then i'm dealing with a lot of people who are at home sending emails so like i get a million emails but also i'm at work doing real work so i can't answer the emails so you're in a nice in-between or you're in the worst of both worlds it's it's the worst of both worlds yeah that's i was being facetious with the nice in between okay yeah it's definitely not good you know because people will be like why didn't you respond to this email at 9 p.m and i'm like well because i was at fucking work for 12 hours today you know what i mean so like yeah you guys aren't you're at home or they're like oh we'll like have this call it yeah they schedule Zoom meetings like real late, like eight, eight p.m. Zoom meetings. I have, like, Super cool. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that's cool, guys. Fuck my day, right? Like, yeah. Like I come home and then like they're like, oh yeah, you have this Zoom meeting. And it's like, well, no, I don't want to do this, <laughs> like at all. And then my friends were like, oh, this weekend was the draft. I watched a lot of the draft mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And on Friday, I had like this very long day. I didn't get back to my house till seven p.m. And my friends are like, hey, like we should do a Zoom call for the draft. And I was like. One, I'm shot. Like, I don't want to talk to anyone and, like, even pretend to be friendly right now. And two, Zoom is the last thing I want to be doing. You know what I mean? Like, my whole day is Zoom meeting. So, like, I get that even if this is fun and my friends and it's going to be, like, drinking and watching the draft, that, like, that's not what I wanted to do on Friday at all. I just bailed on that. I was like, no, I'm not doing The kind of funny thing, and it's true, is that uh, one of my bosses was saying that she now sees more people in quarantine than she ever did in a normal week because there's so many Zoom meetings, and, like, all day you're just video chatting with people instead of, like, on phone calls. And so there's yes. much, there's so much more focus that needs to be paid. And, like, we have friends of the show, like Larson and Chris Podcast, yep. who host these movie nights. After a day of Zoom meetings and a day of me working everything and then, like, you know, especially yes. doing all the podcast stuff, 
I would love to go to these these hangouts that they're doing on Twitch and whatever and watch movies and talk Sounds to them. Like it's also blast. like I don't I don't have the energy <laughs> to do that. And it's just, it's like I was saying to Jordan because Jordan was talking about one of them and she's like are you going to go to one? I'm like, no, I haven't gone to one because I'm actually busier now than I was. She's exactly. like, how do you, how is that possible? And I was like, well, because I'm doing four podcasts a week. I'm playing risk two nights a week. I have my normal work amount during the day and I'm trying to keep up on all the TV shows and everything that I was normally doing anyway. Like I'm doing more than I was. And she's like, oh, I guess that makes sense. But it, I think it doesn't compute to a lot of people. Not that, not saying Jordan, because Jordan got it, but like yeah, a lot of no. people are just like, There's a oh, I'm just sitting at home If you're doing sitting nothing. at home doing nothing. Yeah. And, and when this started, I was, I was mostly sitting at home doing nothing, right? Like I was, you know, just going to check into work for, you know, an hour a day or whatever. So I was like, oh, cool. This is fun. But like now I'm like, I'm like becoming a shitty friend. Like I don't like fucking read any of the chat. Like I don't want to read chat logs. Mm-hmm. like all of these things so I'm like dude all day I'm like answering emails and like I just can't exert the energy for this and it sucks like I'm excited for this to end I'm finally like excited for this to end as much as like, wow, I hate okay. people like I like the no people part of it but like all the time digital connection part of it is like leave me the fuck alone well I've got some bad news I don't think it's ending anytime soon <laughs> I mean from what I'm seeing, I definitely agree with you. It's fucking miserable, and it's not ending anytime. I mean, hey, man, if Bleach comes up with a good injection for it, maybe, Oof. maybe it might end soon. Well, I am sorry to hear all that. I have uh, basically done nothing except for watch TV. Like, I watched, cool. like, the draft, I think, was on for, what, probably 18 hours or something over it's three, three days? days. And... It's it's yeah, it was like, what was it? It was like 7 to like 1 a.m. that I fell asleep. No, I think it was like 7 to 12, I want to say, Friday and no, Saturday. No, it was and later than 12, dude. Maybe 12 to 30? I don't know. No, it Thursday. Was maybe sch- Thursday night was... Oh, Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, so Thursday, and maybe, I think it was scheduled like 7 to 12 both nights, and then Saturday was 12 to 8. Yeah. So there, there were like 18 hours scheduled. I think there probably, I think all three days went over a little bit. I had it on the entire time. I didn't pay attention the entire time because... Yeah, you don't need to. It's the draft. That's the whole point exactly. of it. Exactly. Which I kind of like. I kind of, not intensely watched, but pretty closely watched most of Thursday night, because that's the big names and everything. Even if I don't follow college football, you know those names. Yeah. And then Friday night I did less so, but a decent amount. And then yesterday, by the the back half of the eight-hour broadcast, I was like, or seven-hour broadcast or whatever, I was just like, all right, fast forward. Like, I would pause and then, like, wait two hours and be like, okay, when are they talk? Oh, there's a Vikings guy. Okay, cool. I watched, like, most of Thursday, but, like, the Steelers didn't have a pick on Thursday, so that didn't really matter. Friday, I definitely watched all of it because I was like, okay, like, we had to... I wanted to see what they were going to do, like, what direction they're trying to go. And then Saturday, I put it on at noon, and by, like, three, I was like, okay, I'm good. I'll just read them on my phone after this. You know, yeah. like, after, like, when you get into, like, the fifth round, it's like, okay, whatever. Like Because yeah, when you we were talking on, on Saturday morning, you were like, yeah, I'm going to watch a draft. Like, what else is there to do? And then, like, a couple hours in, I was like, did he, did somebody blah, blah, blah? And you're like, oh, I already stopped watching. I was like, oh. So I guess, like, there was, like, a hard pivot there, and, like, this was going to be your week. And then even you were like, nah, I'm good. No, I mean, like, I wanted to watch it, and, like, I did watch it, but, like, once you get past, like, the... I can't, I can't force Rachel to watch eight hours of draft, right? And I, ha- I had her watch it Thursday and Friday night already. Oh, I get Into it. Into Saturday, it. she's like, this gotta go. You know what I mean? So, like, by around, like, three on Saturday, I was like, okay. I got through, like, the first four or five rounds, so yeah, I'm good. The I mean, it went off really technologically smoothly. I mean, there were, like, the delays when Trey Wingo would say, like, hey, who do you got about this guy? And then there'd be, like, an eight-second mm-hmm. gap or whatever, but... Other than that, I mean, there's nothing you can do about that. Like, other than that, everything went really, really smoothly. It was, it was cute, cool seeing too. inside people's houses and everything. It like, was it was really good. cute. There were so many, like, you know, coaches with their kids that were, like, you know, there's all kinds of fun kid bloopers now, right? Like, 
Did you see the one guy from... I don't see kid bloopers. There's a couple other things that I, I, did, I did notice at the yeah. uh, internet. So there's Cliff Kingsbury, the Cardinals coach, with his, like, palatial estate in front of the, oh, like, big grassy area. Yeah. But they were, like, admiring that. There was the one time where they cut to Belichick's dining room or whatever, and it said head coach Bill Belichick, and it was just his dog in his seat, which was very funny. <laughs> there was, uh, oh, Mike Vrabel, the, the Titans coach, had, like, just, like, weird people yes. in weird outfits on, yes, on Thursday night. That. And, like... Yeah. There was one that there was a pick. One of the people's kids was like, no. Like, he, like, put his hands back, like, I didn't make that pick. Or, like, he, like, didn't like the pick or something. And he's, like, a, like a seven-year-old, right, in the background, like, oh, There was, I think it was maybe Bill O'Brien, of the Texans coach, was, like, they showed him, like, furiously screaming at someone on the phone. And, like, they thought it was going to be, like, because he didn't agree with the pick. And then they came out, they were like, no, it was actually just because, like, somebody backed out of a trade or something like that. But oh. it would have been really funny for, like, to see the axes of, like, well, I don't want this guy. Like, yeah, but, what, uh, what the fuck no. was that pick about? But I am very, very happy. I mean, basically, I, I tweeted something today, and you, I think you saw it. The, uh, yeah. Uh, there's, like, they're doing, like, composites. Like, some guy did, like, a composite of, like, all these, like, eight or ten different sites of, like, draft grades for every team, mm-hmm. and they averaged, like, a GPA. Shout out High School Summer Party. Ooh. And the Vikings had the highest one. Like, the Vikings had such a good draft for not having, like, super high picks. Like, they had two in the 20s. Like, they just, it feels like, nailed every one of their picks. Like, there were other That's guys awesome. that they probably could have gotten, but, like... And the draft is fun, right? Because it's, like, you could be excited about the draft now, but, like, it's it's a fucking crapshoot. It's, like, the lottery, oh, yeah. right? So, like, you can be like, yeah, dude, the Vikings nailed all their picks. And it's, like, you could have a baseball situation where, like, I don't wish this on you, but, like... A bunch of them get injured, or they just flop. Or well, yeah, like... I mean, I think what yeah, what happens with the Vikings is they draft like since the Zimmer era, like since the Rick Spielman McZimmer era, like they have drafted really, really well almost every year, and then either guys get hurt, yep. or they can't develop things, mm-hmm. or they just don't sign people. Like <laughs> they showed like a stat, like the Vikings, I think had like fifty six percent or something of their roster was guys that they drafted. Like it's the it's the highest in the NFL. Like they're just really good, at, like but they just can't do other. I mean, <laughs> building an NFL team is really hard, but you know, I like it. That's that's the that's my favorite dude i think that like as i get older i love so much more of the chess about this than the actual game itself sure like when i was a kid my friends would always talk about like games like football manager which would be like soccer manager right yeah and it's like sims for soccer like you would you know set ticket prices and like build the stadium and set concessions Mm -hmm. and like and i was like why would i ever want to play that when i could just like play fifa right and it's like now that i'm older i'm like oh man i'd so much rather just like sim my team but like get to do all of the like contract negotiations the the best part of mlb the show that we've been doing is that you can play a game you can do what we're doing in streaming a game but you can also do what's called quick manage where basically for every batter when you're pitching or every battery when you're batting like you can either do like pitch to pitch around pitch to contact walk or like swing bunt hit and run and like you can do a game in like three to five minutes and like i never played stratomatic but it's that stratomatic itch or like the mlb showdown like the card game that i played a yes. lot like it scratches that itch without any of the actual like paperwork and it just does everything automate like everything is it's wonderful yep. like it's the best and like it's the exact same thing like you can go in terms of like everybody has like we were talking about before like everybody has morale but it's the same thing like I love the managerial Mm -hmm. aspect of it and also I'm not spending 45 minutes or an hour hour and a half playing a game it's three minutes and I'm like cool my team lost like a loss feels bad but not as bad because like I didn't waste an hour and a win is still like oh yeah I won like I did something yeah I I love it I really I think that that's super cool the games have gotten so complex Mm -hmm. in a good and a bad way like one these games like especially the sports ones have like 50 million fucking controls yeah like it just it's just not fun for me anymore because you're like oh like you know you have to do like this mortal combat button sequence to do anything and I'm like that's not fun we also have such complex 
like player stats, right? Like back in the day, we had like speed and like there's like six yep. stats. Now there's like yeah. a million. So like mm-hmm. realistically, like the simulations are good, right? Like it's it's doing all of this complex math to be like, yes, right. this was a yeah. hit or this wasn't a hit. Yeah. So like use that to your advantage. Like let the game exactly play like the best version of this guy or like whatever he's at right now versus the best version of the pitcher, right? And just like let it sim it out, like and you, yeah, and you could tell them, yeah, this is really cool. Pitch outside, yeah. whatever you want. Yeah. Um, I've also watched a bunch of movies. Let me see if there's anything of note. Last night, the HBO movie that debuted was Bad Education by the guy who did Thoroughbreds, which I loved. And? Um, this movie stars our boy Hugh Jackman from The Greatest Showman. That's funny. We were just watching music videos from The Greatest Showman the other night. Oh. It's very good. It's also stars, oh, it stars Rachel's cousin as well, Allison Janney. Shout out Allison Janney. It's based on the true story. It's very good. It wasn't as stylized as I was hoping, because like Thoroughbreds is very stylized, but yeah. I really liked it. I think it's good. I don't know. That's It's not one that I would say you have to rush out and watch. Yeah. Then I watched this morning Extraction, which is the new Netflix movie, which is uh, Chris Hemsworth as Thor is in it, and it's an okay as movie, Thor? but the action is really, really great. No, he's not as Thor, but okay. he's just, he is Thor. But he's it's an action movie where he's just, like, rescuing a kid who's been kidnapped. A drug lord's kid has been kidnapped by a rival drug lord, he has mm. to go get the kid back. So the movie's okay, the action is great. And then, oh boy, I watched a, uh, the only other movie that I watched since we last recorded was this movie, Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. And so we, we, we sort of joked about, talked about on here about how, like, I like I don't watch trailers, right? I don't, yeah. I go into movies as blind as I can. This one I just heard really good things about. And I was like, cool, I'll watch it. What I did not realize is that it's about two 17-year-old girls traveling from Pennsylvania to New York so that one of them can get an abortion. Ugh. Oh, like, that's a kind of a unexpectedly heavy. heavy way to just spend my Sunday morning. I mean, it was really well done and really well acted, and I, I am glad that I watched it, but I was also like, maybe I should read like a little bit about a movie before I watch the movie. But, you know, yeah. it, it wound up being what it wound up being. I actually watched a really cool movie yesterday. We watched the um, Apple TV documentary about the Beastie Boys. Did you see I'm about this? I'm going to watch that tonight, yes. Dude, it, it was fucking awesome. It was really cool. It was supposed to be at South By until South By got canceled. Oh, they were supposed to do it live at South By, or they were just going to premiere it at South By? I don't know. So okay. last year, I think, they had they put up like three, like Spike Jones and the two remaining Beastie Boys mm-hmm. did like a live event. I think they did like maybe, I want to say like one in Brooklyn, one in Manhattan, and one in Philly. And I think they did like those three and that was it. And it was like a $100 ticket. I think we even talked about it in this podcast. It was like a $100 ticket, but they didn't say what it was. It was just like Beastie Boys Starry, directed by Spike Jones. And I still don't know what it was. I don't know if they were reading from well, the book or it. if it's what the movie is or whatever. You'll see. Yeah. If you watch the movie, you'll get exactly what it was. We were both like, I, it's so much money to spend. Like for a thing that I'm probably going to love, but I don't know, have any idea what it is on like a Tuesday night. Like it's going to be... It's a lot to ask, and so I'm glad that this is finally out because I've been looking forward to it. And I saw Rachel post about it on Facebook. It's very and, cool. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, very excited to see it. But you, did you really like it too? Loved it, dude. I, it was like one of the coolest things I've watched since quarantine. I can't imagine that you won't love it. I mean, I love Spike Jones and I love the Beastie Boys. So yeah, I'm very confident that you will really, really enjoy this. So we'll talk about it on when we do the next episode. But I mean, MCA. I th- maybe talked about it on here. I don't know. But MCA was the first celebrity to die that I felt sad about. That makes. I, was, I remember where I was. I was on my cross-country road trip, and I was in a national park in Utah, and my friend was in the bathroom. We just walked in the park, and he went to the bathroom, and I was just sitting on my phone. I was like, oh, shit. And so we did the national park stuff. I came out. I told him and we, he, he was bummed, too. But then that night, we went to Vegas, because it's right there, and we went to some, like, dance party thing that was, like, basically like a rooftop, but, like, in the backyard, and, like, everybody was just, like, 
doing tributes to the Beastie Boys. Like, it was Very the best cool. way to spend it. But, like, man, like, he was the first... I mean, there's only been, like, a couple since then. Like, Paul, MCA, Harris Whittles, who's a comedian and writer for Parks and Rec and stuff. Like, there's not been very many that I've been bummed about, but he was the first one I was like, oh, shit. Like, someone I never saw, that he was my favorite Beastie Boy, that he had died in general, that, like, I was never going to be able to see them. Like, a whole bunch of different things. I was like, man, that's a bummer. It really sucks, yeah. Real bummer, man. Yeah, I don't get too worked up about um, celebrity deaths. I I can definitely relate. Like, I remember, like, Bourdain hit me pretty hard, right? Like, everybody was kind of Bourdain hit a lot of people really hard, yeah. Yeah, but I was like, damn, dude, like, that sucks. Like, he just seemed like he was doing such a good guy thing. Like, MCA was doing good guy thing. Go ahead, watch the movie. You'll like it. If you're listening... Go check it out. I think it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. Gave me a lot. It was an emotional roller coaster for me. So yeah, it's the it's the first thing I'm gonna watch on Apple TV Plus because I got the year for free when I got the iPhone. That's right. There's some shows on there that I want to see, but I haven't gotten to them yet. So this will be the first time that I actually crack open that service. I'm excited to do that. Cool. Very cool. I think that's everything that I've done since. Wednesday when we recorded. Yeah. Just a lot of draft and a lot of TV and stuff. Same. But uh well we have a Patreon page on the show, too fast too forever dot com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleinman, and and Brian Rodriguez. Thank you all so very much for supporting us at the five dollar level or above. Brian should have registered as like high school slumber party, so it'd be like shout out to blah blah blah, blah high school slumber party. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean he should have, but that's just poor branding. But we can say Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party. Yes. I was joking to him and you on Facebook that like as I was editing, I was like, this is kind of the best job that we've done. Him being that kind of like charismatic, over the top, like wait, you mean I get this? Too? Too? And like, was, it's kind of our best selling point. He was like for, the ShamWow uh, guy. I was telling I Rachel about it. It was hilarious to me. He's like, really? All that too? And I was like, you're such an asshole, but this is perfect. So if you're listening and you have not joined yet, what are you doing? Plus, give us things to watch next lap. You get two picks. Yeah. You get $10 a month tier. So. And Brian's, Brian's digging that with full force. Based oh, on the, very much so. Based on the things that we've seen him try to pick. He's he's flexing that muscle as hard as he can. For sure. He is just like the Rockies. He's a raging bicep. Yeah. Oh. Shout out to everybody who supports us over there. If you want swag, merchandise, you know, handwritten notes. I'm going to send out Brian's handwritten note this week. Uh, if you want to pick things for us to watch, whatever you want. Too fast, too forever.com. Joe, we also have an email just here. Family at cageclub.me. And we have three emails oh, today. Cool. First email from Justin Kleinman. Subject line. I caracoles, H-A-Y-C-A-R-A-C-O-L-E-S. What is that? Justin says, I was just listening to the My Cousin Vinny episode where Wells brought up escargot. Yes. While I haven't had that, I have had caracoles, the Spanish snail tapas dish. I would highly recommend it. It was caracoles season in Spain. We were there in July 2017. Bars everywhere had signs saying, I caracoles, which means there are snails. Um, He says it's basically snails boiled in a broth. You pluck them from the shell with a toothpick. They're like a chewy consistency and have just the flavor of the broth. It took some time, but we got our son Hank, who was seven at the time, to try it. He didn't hate it, but he decided to stick with bread and olives. Anyway, back to the podcast to hear the rest of Wells' quote, random thoughts. (laughs) Stay well, Justin. We always love listening to Wells' random thoughts. That's cool, though, and that's a pretty adventurous seven-year-old you got there, right? He said seven? Yeah. Even olives, man. Good job, Dad. You want to fix Rachel's palate, too, while you're at it? That's that's a lot of work. (laughs) I think she's a lost cause. He put in here, he sent, there's like, basically, you get them in a glass. They don't look appetizing. Oh, no, but it's like... It's, yeah. I mean, they don't look bad, but it's just like, there's just a bunch of snails in a broth, in a glass, in like a pint glass. Yeah, and you just like scoop one out, toothpick it off. I think it'd yeah. be pretty cool. I, you know what? I would try it. I'm not like opposed to trying it. And this actually would probably be 
a really good way. This actually looks, this kind of looks a little appetizing to me. Yeah, it looks interesting. Like, I would eat it. Do you ever, like, but you don't eat a lot of stuff, right? This looks a lot like clams. No, it's not like I don't eat a lot of stuff. I just don't really do seafood. That's what I'm saying. So, like, this looks, like, very clams to me. Yeah, I don't know that snails are really seafood, but I feel like they're adjacent enough that I'd be like, mm, this doesn't Shelled. really do it for me. Yeah. Although I did have scallops at the draft because we had our fancy little roped-off section. They were good. So, oh, yeah. No, not the scallops. Not the scallops. I had shrimp, which I thought I didn't like. <laughs> That's funny. You and Matt have done this too. He hated. He was like, "I don't like shrimp," and we're like, "You're a fucking idiot." And then he was like, "Well, no, I had. Sh- I've had. I had shrimp when I was little, but I think I don't. I don't know. I didn't like the con- the consistency. I didn't like the texture of it. But these were smaller. Were they breaded, fried, or cocktail? No, they were just shrimp cocktail. Oh, dude, I fucking love shrimp cocktail. If you get like really huge ones, oh my god, scallops are fire too. These were baby ones. That's what I was saying. Like, the, I think I liked uh, the smaller ones because they weren't as like big and squishy. Huh. And and scallops are like one of my favorite seafoods. The only thing is that they're just expensive. You can overcook them, but like, dude, frying scallops, like I could eat mountains of scallops. They're the filet mignon of the ocean. They mm. are delightful. They're just like buttery and just like. Whew. One of the funniest podcasting memories that I have is that when we were doing Tub Talk and our first our intro episode, which wound up being forty minutes because it was us sort of introducing ourselves, but also talking about the five favorite things that we had for I think for twenty eighteen. Okay. I love this music. I love this movie. I love mm-hmm. this show. Whatever, all sorts of different media. And then another guy did the same thing. And then that third friend was just like, "My first thing is these big ass scallops that we bought." We we're just like, "Like that doesn't feel like it's right in the spirit of it all." But like one of his favorite things of the year was these gigantic scallops that he bought Dude. at this farmer's market near his house. And I just think, every time I think of scallops now, I think of him just talking about how much he loved those. It's, just very, it's very funny to me. If you love scallops, a really big scallop would be way up there. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, it's like, I saw it and I just, like, started salivating. Like, right now. <laughs> I mean, like, I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, damn, I would I would love me some big-ass scallops right now. Mm-mm-mm. Our next email from Jerry Robinson. Subject line, up, finally got to see my ride or die. What's up, Jerry? How's it going, man? What's up, fellas? It's truly been a while. Hope you guys are staying safe. I'm still keeping up with you guys since I'm all caught up. Last weekend, I finally got to see my girlfriend, but since we had to be apart, it was fun. We had a lunch picnic with food about 10 feet apart. Which, even though that sucked, it was great to just see her. It's cute. I like it. That's a really cute idea, too. That's a cute little date thing. And you could, like, sit on a blanket across the grass or whatever, you know? like This actually reminds me. This is something we were talking about on Facebook. And I'm going to... It's going to start... Not depressing, but, like, as me complaining about something. But it's going to ramp into me liking something. Go ahead. But during the draft... You know, from someone, I never watch live TV, which means I never watch commercials. Mm-hmm. Like, everything I watch is TV, and I just, I know where the fact where I watch this. on Hulu or oh, HBO God. Go or whatever, right? So there's yes. never commercials. Suddenly having 18 hours of commercials, number one, awful. But number two, <laughs> commercials are so sad now. Dude. Every commercial is depressing. <laughs> I can't take it. I, yeah, so we were talking about this. I was saying that I know everybody's, like, thinking about Corona all the time, right? Like, yeah. I'm literally working with it. So when I come home and then, like, I'm watching, like, live TV, like, Sling or something, and all the commercials are like, these are your healthcare workers and stuff. I'm like, I know. I know these people. I see them. I don't want to think about Like, can you just make a normal commercial, please? Like, right. now's the time to bring back, like the Budweiser commercials or something. And every food commercial is like, yes, we're doing delivery and it's contact free. Please, patron. It's just like, it's the same, everything's the same commercials. Either it showing is. nurses or it's like, we know that you don't have money right now, but you still want a car. So here's no interest financing or whatever. Or like, look what our company gave money to. It's a yeah. lot of that too. It's like, oh, we donated a million dollars to like these things. And it's like, yeah, cool. You should. The one thing that did make me smile every time I saw it, which is what Jerry reminded me of, is that like they were showing basically grandparents looking at a kid sort of taking his first steps through a window and like those are like I, re- I think those moments are really sweet like the family is like it's sad but like there's something still 
still beautiful about that. Yes. And maybe that's just like by comparison to the rest of it where I'm like, I can't see this anymore. But like, there's something very sweet about the, you know, still trying to make lemonade out of lemons and like, we can't be together, but we can still have a 10 feet apart picnic or whatever. Or like, I can't be, I can't hold my grandson, but I can watch him take his first steps through a window and I can still be there for it. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we have to keep living. So, and I do, I do like the heartwarming ones, but you're right. It's been getting like, at the beginning of this, we weren't like at that wave where they had made the commercials yet. And like, now we're hitting the point where like all of those commercials are out or have come out. So now you just see like every commercial is a coronavirus commercial it's like god please stop like (laughs) i just don't want to see this anymore there's a lot of shows that obviously are stopping production and they're going to return right yeah it's weird to watch shows now where like it's happening quote-unquote in modern day but like people aren't quarantined because they made the show six months ago or whatever right Mm -hmm. are shows going to address this on the one hand you kind of have to because it's big. But on the other hand, like, say in six months or 12 months or whenever, right? Like, we're back at work. We're like, finally, you know, that's behind us, at least for now. Like, th- things like things uh, are going to be irrevocably changed, but, like, life is mostly back to normal, right? Yes. Are you going to want to, to the same point you're no. making, are you going to want to go home and then be like, okay, let me turn on my favorite comedy. Oh, they're talking about quarantine. Like, I feel like that's nope. kind of like a weird PTSD, right? Yeah, I'm... Like, I was just thinking, like, imagine if The Office was still on TV, right? They'd probably, like, have an episode where they were like, this is what happened in quarantine. And you're like, I get it, but, like, I don't want to watch it. Like, I don't want to think about this anymore. So there's two shows. There's one that I was thinking about that I still would like to see what they do. And then there's another show that I have not caught up on yet, but I was listening to an interview with one of the stars. But the one show that I think would do it really well or could do it really well if they choose to is High Maintenance on HBO, which is the anthology show about a weed delivery dealer. But more than that, it's mostly just a show about New York. Like, it captures the city in a way that no other show or another movie has ever done. Like, it's beautiful. It captures the people, the culture, everything about it. It's wonderful. And because every show is, every episode is different, and there's, like, some vague continuity, but not really, not important continuity, they could do an entire season about it if they wanted to. I don't know that they're going to. I don't know that anybody wants to relive it, but I feel like... Weed delivery services during quarantine, I think that would be kind of amusing, right? Yeah. I'm sure that there's a lot of fun time stories that's happening, so... But then I was listening to an interview with uh, Lauren Ash, who was on the show Superstore. Do you know Superstore on NBC? I feel like I've seen commercials for it, but I never watched it. It's like a workplace comedy that they're basically working at, like, a Walmart-type store. Yeah, I think I've seen commercials for it, watching other stuff. And she was saying that a lot of people on Twitter are messaging all the stars and being like, are you going to talk about quarantine? And she was saying, like, I don't really, like, we don't really want to or whatever, but to tell a story about, like, what it's like to essentially work in a Walmart-type store Mm -hmm. now, there's a lot of stuff there that, like, if a show did, like, it kind of makes sense for them to do it. Not that they want to, not that you want to see it, but, like, it would make sense if they go that route. They could do it really well, too, you know what I mean? Like, even if it's, like, a comedy, like, you could really, like, champion the workers of the store in this episode. Like, I think this yeah. would be a really cool thing to be like, look, like, we're fucking slammed, and, like, you could do something fun with that. I don't think that every show should address it, but if you were doing, like, a show about, like, that you essentially work in a Walmart, I think that that would be, like, one that I'd be like, okay, you know, you could take an episode. Like, there's of that. a reason for it. Yeah, there. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's just like you just did it just because it was there. I did see uh, somebody somebody put on Instagram 90 Day Fiance like they're self quarantining with their couple or something because they like do. you know as COVID spreads it's like oh boy. There's a Whoa. whole new season of 90 Day Fiance that's coming out called like Quarantine. It's about 90 Day Fiance is a fucking shit show, dude. <laughs> I, I've watched too much of it, and there's you know there's like a whole bunch of spinoffs. There's like 90 Day the other yes. way, and then before yep. the 90 days and after the 90 days. It's good brain mush. The quarantine one. I 
I was like, and they like, dude, they were running commercials for it like the first week of quarantine. They were already like, yeah, we're about it. Like, this is what we're yeah. going to do. They were like the first one on the jump. So I haven't watched it yet, but I'll definitely check it out because those people are messy. Are you guys watching Live PD still? Because I wonder what Live PD is like in the middle of quarantine. Oh, Rachel has put it on and it's a lot of uh, reruns. I don't think that they're doing uh, okay. Live PD now. They do like, you know, because... Obviously, they do one, like, every Friday or Saturday or whatever, so, like, they have, like, a million of these fucking episodes, and they're all, like, six hours long, so they just, like, on Friday, you could just watch, it'll be, like, you know, March 20th and all this stuff, so. I saw Live PD was trending on Twitter over the weekend, but I didn't click on why. Oh, uh, maybe they had a new one. I mean, anytime Rachel's put it on, it's been reruns, like, the highlight ones, so. I don't know. Jerry continues. He says, I don't know if you guys have had it, but it's called Kinders or Kinders. K-I-N-D-E-R-S. Kinder. Kinder 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 eggs. Kinder's Barbecue. Oh, no. I've never had Kinder's Barbecue. I thought you were talking about Kinder eggs, like the chocolate guys. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kinder's Barbecue. They make, like, uh, rubs, sauces, and marinades. I'm a huge barbecue head. You know that. I actually am, like, out of the loop on this kind of stuff because I make a lot of my own. So, like, I make my own sauce and rubs. So people will always be like, did you ever try this rub? And I'm like, I would like to. But then at the same time, I'm like, why am I going to buy a rub when I just, like, make it? You know? So. Well, knowing that Jerry uh, lives in San Francisco, I was wondering if it was local to San Francisco. But I just put in my zip code on there. And, like, it's not everywhere around here, but there's a bunch of stores within 10 miles that have like six stores within 20 miles so like it's not everywhere here but there's stuff that i could go if i wanted to try it so jeff you have any recommendations of specific sauces or rubs let me know this roasted garlic sounds interesting i could get down with that um he says he doesn't have a subscription to the athletic and he's very interested in the 30-day trial is is that offer still going on yeah let's check it out on my it was kind of weird you know what like you've still been reading it i've still been reading it it's a little different right now they did really really good draft coverage like they had write-ups for every like the first at least two if not three rounds plus like the Vikings took a quarterback in the seventh round, just, I guess, who, like, it seems like he's never going to be, like, a star, but, like, could be, like, a serviceable backup for, like, a long time. And, like, they had a write-up about him, too. So, like, they did a really good job of draft coverage. They're trying to figure out how to cover sports when there's no sports on, but, like, especially for the draft, it was almost like they're like, thank you, finally, we have something yes. to write about. And the writers are great. So, yeah, I, they still got the thing. I'll send you the link. You'll already have it before this episode comes out there, Jerry. Yeah, send it to me, and I'll send it to Jerry. I love The Athletic, and you're right. It's a great time. I mean, like I said, it, normally, like, when there's sports, on they're writing a lot more they do excellent draft coverage i really like it you know as a big hockey fan the hockey guys do really good hockey draft coverage as well and like putting together like uh highlight reels and stuff which is kind of difficult for hockey because like a lot of these kids will be like swedish right so they'll be like playing in like some random swedish league and you're like why did my team draft this guy and you're like oh this is why like they put together a highlights clip for you very cool yeah i'm sure you've heard that like the korean baseball league has reopened and like people like in our baseball league in our fantasy baseball league people are like should we play this i was like no, I'm not addicted to fantasy sports. I'm just, I want to, like, yeah. I don't want to learn who these guys are. Like, that doesn't that doesn't do anything for me. That sounds the opposite of fun. Yeah, you want to be involved in a sport that you're kind of watching already, right? So, like, that's Yeah, like, the... I already don't watch college football and college basketball, really, because, unless, like, it's the playoffs, because, like... Yeah. I don't want to get invested in a team where players are going to be gone in two or three years. Like it's it's a fascinating part of it, but it's also a frustrating part, right? right? And if he's like really good, you only got him for like two years. To go to a league where like you might know two players, like if it's like some former MLB guy like, trying to you know revitalize his career by playing in the KBO, like no, 
No, yeah. thank you. <laughs> no, thanks. I agree. And the games are probably on at some like wacky times. So you can't really watch them anyways. It's like, just make a fucking, just do it on MLB The Show, the game. Even if people aren't liking this the way that I'm liking this, I think only one other person is. Like, this is scratching the itch for me because it's the players we know. It's literally our teams. We're playing each other. Like, I don't know what more, other than real baseball, like, what could be better than this? this. Like, it's, it's, I'm, I'm not comparing the two, but like, yeah. I don't, I literally do not know a better substitution than watching essentially real baseball. It's almost perfect. I don't get it. <sighs> I'm with you, brother. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be trying to play Korean baseball fantasy leagues. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. No. Jerry says when you're talking about Jerry cans, remember the gasoline can? Yeah. Uh, he says he was flipping out since he was uh, since it was from Germany and with his name and he was born in Germany. Very, very cool. So he's our Jerry can. He is he is the Jerry can. I like it. He says in episode 82, you guys are trying to figure out who was in the cars at the end of four and the beginning of five. He says Brian was in Dom's Charger, Mia was in the beautiful NSX, and Rico right. and Tego were in the Pontiac Trans Am arguing as usual. I remember now Mia does have that NSX, which is really fucking Well, we knew cool. Mia, but we couldn't think the third car, and he's saying it's Rico and Tego. Makes sense. Yeah, I get it. So, so thank you, Jerry, for writing it. And the last last email from someone we've not heard from in a long time, Mr. Ben Milliman. What's up, Ben? How are you doing, bud? Subject line, been busy. Okay. Hey, guys, I'm catching up. It's been pretty crazy lately. He says, I don't remember if I already said it, but I hope everyone in the Fast family is being careful and safe. Thankfully, Lenny is able to work from home, but I still have to be out and about fixing heaters and leaks. Oh, yeah. He's, like, super essential. I was just just listening to the radio on my local radio, like, classic rock station as I was driving to work, and they were Mm -hmm. calling in, and they were, like, some HVAC guys call in, and they're like, dude, like, it's fucking slammed. Like, people's heaters are still breaking, and they're home more. Like, it's really rough out here for us. Like, we have to go into these houses. Like, we can't really social distance. Like, people are weird. We're weird. You know, weird about the situation. Not that they're weird. No, yeah, like, my kitchen sink... The day of my draft clogged, and I had to undo it, and, like, I thought I cleared out the clog, and then it was leaking, and I, like, my dad came over, and, like, we thought we got it, and then it leaked again, but, like, it's fine, like, it's manageable, like, I can't just, I just can't leave the water running for forever. I'm like, I don't want a plumber in my house, like, this is not an emergency, like, it's annoying, and I have to, like, be careful, but, like, I'm not going to call a plumber over. It's just stupid, but you're like, oh, fuck, okay. Any other circumstance, I'd be like, yes, please come over, please fix this, but now I'm just like... I can wait. I can just, like, not run the dish... Like, let the dishwasher run, let it drain for, like, half an hour, and then I'll use the sink. Like, it's just, yep. like, I'm doing this, like, weird in-between, because I'm like, I, don't, I just don't want... Because I don't need to have someone in my house, right? Yep, so exactly. Hang in there, brother. Hang in there, Ben. Thanks, man. I'm very careful about being in people's houses, and we won't go into homes if someone is sick. I had to wear a hazmat-type suit to work in one person's house. Oh, it's been crazy. Fuck, dude. I thought it would be really slow at work because of it, but I guess people still need work done, which is what you were just saying. People actually probably need more of these things done now because, like, they're home, right? Like, yeah. if you were at work eight hours a day, you probably wouldn't notice that your heater wasn't working perfectly or your water or whatever. I mean, it's the same thing in a similar way, I guess, to, like, the toilet paper that everybody gets that comes from the kind of two places, right? There's, like, the residential toilet paper factories, and there's commercial toilet paper factories yeah. and like no one is using bathrooms in public like relatively speaking right like another people are still at work where it was say it was 50 50 split now it's like 80 20 or 90 10 or whatever and yeah. like all that cheap disgusting sandpaper toilet paper isn't being used or distributed because like it's not going to resident like it's not i guess graded for residential or whatever so like the imbalance is like swinging everything that like certain things like yep you know hvac guys at home just there's more to do 
I'm sure if you're like an HVAC guy who mostly does like businesses, like you're probably like bored out of your mind because like you know people are or still the working, same, but... right? I'm sure business is still like big businesses, right? Like if you had a university that you work at or something. I guess, but like even then, like I think that there's still far fewer people there. I don't yeah. know. Ben says, on another note, I'm going to be a dad in less than two weeks unless she's born before you get this email. So he sent this email Ooh. yesterday, overnight. So I don't think, unless Lindy gave birth in the last, like, 16 hours, who knows? Well, well I would love to find out when it happens. Please let yeah. us know. So I'm not sure if I told you her name, which she has not. So we want to know when it happens. But her name is going to be Lila, L-I-L-A-H, Rose Milliman. Lila Rose Milliman. I like that name. That's cool. I have a Layla at work, that, and I really I mean, enjoy it's not that Mia. name, too. It's not Mia Leticia Milliman, but, you know, it'll yeah, do. could have been Giselle. Could have been Mia. So you really flubbed this one there, Ben, but cool, I guess. I found out the other day that I'm going to have to keep my protectiveness for my family in check when it comes to her. My coworker was asking when she was due, but he phrased it like, when is the kid due? said in a normal, not rude tone, but for some reason, him calling her the kid made me have this whole body anger type feeling, <laughs> and the thought I had was to walk over, grab him by the hair, punch him in the face, <laughs> and tell him her name is Lila, she'll be born in May, and punch him again. <laughs> I did not do that, and it freaked me out. That was my first reaction. You're very, very nesting here going on. My stepdad told me it was normal, but it felt like a little bit of an overreaction to me, so I'm going to make sure I keep that in check, lol. I bought her a die-cast version of Mia's car in the first movie. I'm pretty excited to get it in. I'm also planning on buying more. That's super cute. I mean, hey, man, we're all in a high-stress situation right now. I'm sure that you're, like, really ramped because, you know, pregnancy, wife, and corona, and still working a ton. And plus, like, you know, it's a, it's a natural biological evolutionary thing that you're protective of your children, right? So, like, that's a real thing. I'm sure that you felt weird about it, but, like, it's real, man. There's a reason why. If you're not a good dad, you know, Dom's gonna kick your ass, so... <laughs> says, so I wanted to talk about Carly Rae Jepsen. Okay. I never really heard any of her music except for Call Me Maybe. Yes. If I don't know or like an artist or that type of music, I make it a point to listen to it to try and understand what's good about it. It actually expanded my music taste greatly by doing this. Cool. So I started listening to her stuff, and I have to say, I think she's really good. I even got Lenny to start listening to her music. Well, thank you so much. Well, you know Joey loves Carly Rae, so. Oh, boy. Yeah, so I mean, I'm sure you have, because she doesn't have a lot of music out there, but the Emotion album, the dedicated album, and then the song Cut to the Feeling, which is from some animated movie, that's like the must-have. Yeah. Two albums and a song, so. No, people do love her. Like, and, and you and Chris Podcast are like, nah, dude, she's actually really good. Like, she's making good music. And our next, one of our two guests next lap, Nika, was all about her too. So, yeah, people, I mean... No, I have a few artists like this that I, I agree with you in. Like, I'm not listening to Carly Rae Jepsen. I probably won't, not because, like, I'm boycotting it or anything. It's just, like, it just doesn't seem like it's on my radar. But, like, people like Lily Allen. I fucking love Lily Allen. Call Me Maybe was obviously what brought her to fame and that's why for a while I was just like the call me maybe girl but they like listen to this and like it's such an eight perfect like 80s synth pop synth wave yep throwback vibe that like man it just it it, it scratches that itch for me cool so I'm glad you like her Ben and I'm glad Lenny's listening too he says I think that's it for now I noticed every time I go to write an email everything I wanted to put in there leaves my mind once the email is open lol keep it up and I will try to write again soon Hang in there, Ben. Thanks for thanks for still taking care of people, man. And good luck to uh, Lenny and you. And let us know when baby comes, please. Not the baby, Lila Rose. <laughs> Don't say the kid. 
I didn't say the kid. I said, let us know when the baby arrives. I think that's a lot more gentle than... Her name the kid is Lila. Do? When's that fucking kid do? Yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. That's all the emails that we have. If you want to email us, family at cageclub.me, let us know what's going on. Check in, send in your rankings, just say hi, family at cageclub.me. Joe, on the streets, Fast and Furious news, there's two things. Okay. One thing that Mr. Mike Manzi, the resident historian, the Mikester, sent in, and then one I just found via Google Alerts. But is there anything that you've seen news-wise in the last couple of days? No, nothing interesting. Nothing out of the ordinary. I think they like announced the release date. I think Jason sent us a thing that they said, like, this is the official release date next year in April or whatever. No, we knew that. We knew that, though. Okay, cool. Uh, this is from the Mikester. Future Lego movies could include Jurassic Park, Fast and Furious, and Minions. Interesting. That would make a lot of sense. I mean, like I was saying, we were buying fa- like we were buying Lego sets, and they're doing a lot of, like, they have Fast and Furious ones, right? And they have Fast and the Furious, like, adjacent ones, like the double charger pack that Rachel built is, like, this is clearly a Fast and the Furious set, right? But, like, it just yeah. doesn't say it on it. But yeah, that's really cool. Because what happened, this is something that past guest Walt Hickey put on Twitter as well, is that Lego, who had a partnership with Warner Brothers, signed a five-year deal with Universal. And so, basically, they can have, like, kind of cross-promotion or whatever, where they can they can just use Universal's properties, or they can team IP. with Universal and Universal Studios, including yeah. Fast and Furious, Jurassic Park, whatever, do this kind of stuff. Well, that's genius. I mean, they're, like, huge huge deals right so it would make sense and they ha- they're making a ton of jurassic park sets right now too i feel like harry potter too that they do a ton of sets of it, it, it's a it's a good matching i think well now i mean now that they left warner they might not do any more harry potter oh interesting right so they go from one to the other yeah I, okay do you want to see dominic toretto and the bandit race each other in a new lego movie or maybe a meetup of the jurassic park and the mummy characters the insidious crew crossing paths with casper sound off in the comments Ooh, cool interesting the other thing is, and this is dumb, I just wanted to send this to you. This is what the Fast and Furious movies would be like if the main cars were replaced with Model Ts. What? So they just did, uh, they replaced <laughs> this is car pictures in all the movies with Model Ts. Fourth third world country child that made this for 35 cents. <laughs> yeah, it's not good, but it's just like, it's, it was something that I saw. Like, it's Jalopnik wacky, is like I kind of like it. Jalopnik's, you know, pretty, uh, pretty reputable car site, and then for them to be like, I can't really say I'm a huge fan of the Fast and Furious series of movies, which seem to be all about a group of strangely superhuman meatheads. You know what might make me like them more if they had Ford Model Ts? Yes, let's take a moment to imagine what it would be like if these movies were populated with spindly black 20 horsepower tin lizzies. Yeah, these are kind of funny. I like the one of like Han's car drifting around the other car. Like they leave the girl's car in it, but then train Han's car into a, a Model T here. Yeah, like these are terrible photoshops. They're really, really bad. They're really, they're definitely really bad photoshops. If, you, if you're interested in that, go to Jalopnik. You can find that on there. That's all the news. That's not even news. Like, yeah. it's just a thing that I saw. That's cool. Rock the vote. Now I'm going to look for The Rock president on Google News. Let's see if there's anything else here. So got that Jim Ross, The Rock thing. Yes. Nothing there. And Dwayne Johnson president. No, nothing else. So I don't think, still as of now, Dwayne Johnson running for president this year, but maybe in four years, who knows. I was also thinking yesterday, I guess, that like, it doesn't feel like an election year. It feels like so much other stuff has happened yeah. that like, for there to be an election in six months or seven months or whatever, it's just like, oh, like it's like, it, I'm already exhausted. Like, I, 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 I'm, ex- I'm everything is exhausting. Everything's exhausting. Yep. Well, Joe, the last thing I have to do, the Fast and the Furious minutes, minute 54, the minute I called, kiss my shoes. The warehouse. There's a warehouse, 
instead, kiss my shoes. Let's go get our engines. My superiors are flying in from D.C. day after tomorrow. I want something to show. Now we have a top echelon fence with a lube hose in his mouth. Automatic weapons, a jacket full of priors on every one of these Asian punks, a garage full of DVD players, and generally psychotic behavior. And tell me why we shouldn't move on Johnny Tran right now and see where we are when the dust settles. Because all we have is behavior. Just let me get some hard evidence because what we have now is... So in this minute, Ted tells Johnny Tran where his missing engines are. Johnny Tran kicks Ted. Then he and his crew roll out. We then cut back to the LAPD safe house, where Bilkins, Tanner, Muse, and Brian... Oh, by the way... Yo, say it. The Raiders drafted a guy named Tanner Muse, a safety named Tanner Muse in the third round. And I sent this to you, and like, I didn't it took you a it. second. And I was like, what is going on? And then I sent you the clip from the document, the minute document, which is in minute 36. A safety named Tanner Muse, and there are cops in the first movie named Tanner and Muse. Like, if oh. this is not a sign that we watch these movies too much, that my brain is broken, I don't know what is. Yeah, you, but, you're way shot. Like, I wouldn't have caught it. Like, I would have never made that connection, but it's beautiful, and I'm glad that you did. Because, like, what I'm really, like, the thing that excites me most about the minutes now is when we learn a new, when we're introduced to a new character with a name that I can look up on IMDb, like, like Ted, Ted, or, like, the yeah. one before that was probably Muse, and, like, that's such, like, a weird, cool name, and, like, I don't know that it's ever, like, he maybe says it once in the movie, right? Like, it's never, almost never said. Nobody knows Muse's name is Muse. Or Tanner. And yet, even... in my brain, and Tanner even, yeah, it's like Bilkins and there's Tanner, like, it's like, and even Bilkins, like, most people, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Muse is the third tier cop there who only gets the cappuccinos, right? Like, he's in the scene that we're watching now, and, like, he's just standing there because, like, they want another warm body in the room, right? Like... Yeah. But I know in my brain there's Tanner and there's Muse, and the Raiders draft a guy named Tanner Muse, and I was like, whoa. Dying. I love it. Whoa. (laughs) And also, like, he's too old. Like, he was born before this movie came out, so, like... It's not like he was, not that he would ever, not that anyone ever named their kids after two cops in the Fast and Furious, <laughs> even if your last name was Muse, but like, he couldn't even have been because he was born before this movie, so. Dude, I think that my next set of cats will be Tanner and Muse. That will be a really good, people will be like, does that mean anything? Did you just like those names? It's like, oh no, those are the, those are the other cops in Fast and the Furious. They're like, oh, like Bilkins or like whatever. And you're like, no, 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 not Bilkins, like the other cops. You should get two other cats and name them Gallo 12 and Gallo 24. Come yeah. here, Gallo 12. Come here, Gallo 12. Come here, come here, come here. 12. 12E. 2-4. Two, 2-4. Two, two, four. Two, four. So anyway, we cut back to the LAPD safe house where Bilkins, Tanner, Muse, and Brian discuss going after Tran. Brian wants to wait until he gets more evidence. And for the first time in a long time, this minute ends kind of in the middle of a sentence. Yes, it does. What are your big takeaways from Minute 54? First of all, do you like the name Kiss My Shoes? And what are your big takeaways Absolutely. here? Absolutely. I think you nailed the name. That's cool. perfect. I looked around and got all the stuff on the counter. We did most of Tran's garage, so it was a little bit redundant there. So I was like looking on the counter because it was a new, fresh place to record some stuff. They definitely had a donut box. I saw another box like down the counter. It looks like a pizza box. So I think that they had donuts and pizza there. They had a bag open. I couldn't tell like if it was chips or what it was. It actually looks like a bag of salad to be honest like the they color. have like white like plain white bags i don't know if you made the note of this but on the right counter there's like I saw them what look like unmarked potato chip bags it's it's like unmarked potato chip bags or like really large bulk of coffee like yeah. uh, like a work size 
bulk coffee bag, right? Like a 30 pound bag or something crazy. There's the one thing that is close to our hearts that I highlighted here. That Did is, you see uh, it? I saw it the first time I watched it. I was like, oh God, like it's, it's too blurry, I think, to to figure out what it is, but it looks like an Arizona iced tea. It looks like an Arizona iced tea. It looks like Arnold Palmer pink lemonade, right? Something like that. Yeah, it looks like, I mean, it's, it's definitely a tall boy. Yep. Also, by the way, have you, I mean, I'm sure with like beer cans, you drink more beer cans than me, but like I rarely drink like soda or beer out of cans. Like mostly the beer I drink is bottles when I drink beer and like yeah. I don't I drink soda. If I, when I drink soda, I drink it out of like a two liter bottle or whatever, or like a 20 ounce or whatever. We were talking, like we did like the whole rundown of like the Arizona iced teas and like how big the cans are and how mm-hmm. thin the metal is right mm-hmm. in the last couple of weeks i had like i bought like coke in cans and i feel like a giant drinking coke when like because i i'm so used to like the size <laughs> and like not just the height but like the, the circumference yes of the tall boy and then to have like a coke it's just like oh like this is like a baby's drink yeah and they and they also make the coke in like the skinny cans now yeah, i've not done those those are those are crazy that's a whole nother level right there the beer cans thing is funny my one friend came to visit from england and he was staying with me, and, and he brought us some beer. It was really amusing because, obviously, they don't use... The, some of their beers are, like, in milliliters and, like, liters, right? Okay, yeah. But they're also, like, English liters, which is, like, different. We lined it up, and we had, like, six different sizes of cans in my house at one point. There's, cause like, there's like ones that are, like, 300 mLs, and then there's, like, 500 mLs, and then there's, like a, half, like, a half liter or, like, a pint, and then, like, an English pint is its own pint, right? So, like, it was just, like, this fucking... I had, like, Russian dolls set up of beer cans. Love like, it. there's, like, 50 different sizes, and I was, like, I never even imagined that the cans would be a different size, and if you're over there, right, and you buy a six-pack, you don't really notice... Like, you'll notice that they're a little bit different, but, like, you can't tell the difference between some of them because they're right. not, like, next to each other. So it was a wacky experience for sure. Yeah. But there's a lot of stuff on the counters there. I wonder, like, I'm sort of surprised, not really not really surprised, but, like, we jump to the next day here when we go from Trans Garage to this safe house. Yes. And, like, they don't establish where we are. Like, they, we just assume, like, it's 95% sure that they're in that place. But, like, it's just, it's qu- like, we quickly cut from one place to the other. It's just like, oh, I guess... I guess this is what we're doing. No, now. but like we've feels... established that the police are working out of there. Yeah, from like 15 to 18 minutes ago, like minutes yeah. 36 to 39. Yes. I also made note of there are, remember we were talking about how many different people are in trans crew and you were wondering like, I'm like, where do they go? And you're like, they're probably just like in the office or whatever. So like, there's one of them behind. Yeah. There's six behind. You can see six people behind. Two are sitting across from each other reading magazines. Two guys, or there's one guy with his hands on his hips just watching what's Standing, going on. yeah, I saw him. Two guys are, like, on either side of, like, one guy's on either side, so there's two total of a motorcycle. And then there's one guy behind sort of watching them or watching that. So, like, they're just kind of around. Like, they didn't really go anywhere. They just got, they kind of receded into the background. So, yeah, there's still six guys there, plus Tran, plus Lance, plus Ted. So there's nine. I think we're still down one or two from where we, quote-unquote, should be. Yes. But we're getting close. We're getting closer, yeah. And then the only other thing, the only other thing real, actually, I made two other notes here. So what's what's kind of interesting, and I don't know what would have happened here. You know, they just waterboarded Ted, and Ted goes over, and he's like, kiss my shoes, then he kicks Ted or whatever. And it looks like Vince is getting antsy, like he wants to do something. And I wonder if he knows Ted or not, but like Dom Ooh. does like that whole like lower the volume, like just calm down, like calm, calm, calm. Like it feels like Vince wants to do something, but I don't know why that would happen. We spent all weekend watching the draft. Vince is just a little bit of like a high motor kind of guy right (laughs) he seems like he's just like always amped like he tried to fight brian over i think he just has a lot of anxious energy so i could see him being like i'm gonna go fight these guys now and it's like no dude just like 
relax. Like, we need to stay hidden. I do like that Dom is, like, the calming influence. Calm Dom, right? Just mm-hmm. like, let's, let's calm. Like, we're, we're going to be good. And then the other thing is that when you're when they're in the when they're in the kitchen and there's Bilkins and Tanner and Muse and Brian. Brian's just in his t-shirt and jeans because he's undercover. But, like, compared to Bilkins and Tanner, Muse is, like, casual city. Like, he's got his long sleeve shirts, like, rolled up to his <laughs> elbows. He's unbuttoned in the front. Like, Tanner has, like, his whole, like, you know, glasses and like, the whole situation that he yeah. always looks... Bilkins is, like, in the suit with the jacket on, but, like, Muse is, like, just, you know, he's, like, hanging out by the pool. Like, he almost looks like he belongs. I mean, not that L.A. is really much more formal than Miami, but it feels like he almost fits more into the Too Fast world than as mm. opposed to, you know, this world here. But you're also, like, you're working on a case and you're, like, at the house, so. Who are you trying to impress? Exactly. Bilkins? I guess probably. You probably would. You probably should. I mean, he's probably the CEO, so. Yeah. Maybe try to impress a little bit. Anything else of note? Anything else that we uh, we want to mention before we try to figure out the trivia question? On the on the counter, I noticed they had like an old school kitchen TV, which I I don't really see that much anymore, right? Yeah, like people used to you know like leave a small television on your kitchen counter. My grandma had that. My my grandparents had that. Yeah, the TV is just fucking filthy. That was just one of the notes that I had. If you see it, it's like I couldn't figure out what appliance it was because I was like trying to think of kitchen appliances. I was like, oh, look, it's like a small television. Like mm-hmm. I haven't seen that in forever. And then I was like, this thing is fucking. It's a white TV yeah. where the, the sides are stained like yellow. Yeah, I'm like, just wipe it off. <laughs> but okay, whatever. So remember, I read your notes before I watched it like the, oh. the last couple times, and I remember you said something was dirty, and I'm like, look at the microwave. I'm like, that microwave looks clean. clean. But, like maybe yes. maybe Joe just has like a very. Maybe he thinks like the microwave's dirty, and then I, I look to the right. And I'm like, oh no! Now I see. <laughs> now I see what he's talking about. Yeah, this television is fucking garbage, filthy. Do you want to make that the trivia question? Which appliance is which appliance is oh, filthy and disgusting in the in the safe house kitchen? That's a really good one. Yeah, because there's a microwave. Oh, there's a toaster oven too. Because like I don't know what else the trivia question could be here, and I think it's a very funny thing. Like, why would I ever be looking for that? <laughs> like, I don't know. Why are we looking for any of the things that we're looking also, for? Also, it's like, what's the dirtiest appliance in this kitchen? And it's like microwave microwave toaster oven refrigerator and then television and it's like why would the tv be dirt but it's very dirty and you agreed cool i like that refrigerator toaster oven microwave television yeah next time you're watching that minute go look at the tv it was like disturbingly dirty it's on the right side of the screen mid right it's sort of behind bilkins's back after he turns to talk to brian yeah it's gross it's gross it is it looks like it like it had to come off like the production truck right if they need a new tv i'm sure that brian could hook them up with one right like he, he knows a guy exactly but it, no, it just looked like it was like on the production truck, and then like they were like, "Oh, let's like let's throw this TV in here too to like put stuff on this counter because it was probably like an empty house or whatever," and like they threw that there. So that's why it's probably handled on the on the hands so much. You know what I mean? Like yeah, 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 exactly. Any other thoughts about this minute before we? Uh... Take a break. There was there wasn't really much in that one. It's the tail end, like it's you know another thirty. It's basically thirty seconds in each. It's nice. It's nicely split. So there's a, a nice balance between the two. But like it wraps up the garage, and we already talked mostly about the garage, and now we're just getting to another thing. And like I kind of almost don't even remember this scene, right? Because it's like it just is like okay, we're we know what we're doing for the rest of the movie, right? It's kind yes. of an important thing, but it's not super exciting. I agree. All right, let's take a break. Let's hear another word from Dodge, and let's talk about Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry.
Welcome back to Too Fast, Too Forever. This is episode number 87, Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry. This episode is brought to you by Dodge with a 6.2 liter Hellcat Hemi V8 engine in both the Challenger and the Charger. It has upgraded components to withstand the brutal performance. The Dodge Challenger SRT. Shout out Dodge. Shout out Dodge indeed. Well, this is one, like we said in the opening, that was referenced a couple times. In Death Proof, which we just covered last week. Yes. This is one that when you were talking to your dad, you were, he was like, you have to watch this movie. The one thing I learned Go ahead. that reinforced in this movie <laughs> is that it feels like all these movies we're watching have like 40 things, like <laughs> you said this, and things it. that just keep regurgitating. They're like, they shuffle them all up in a hat, and then they pick out like 15 of them. So it's like, okay. Dodge. Two guys in a car, one's a driver, one's a mechanic. Yes. With or without a woman, a third wheel woman. We've got them playing billiards for some reason riding cop cars off a bridge into water yes radio plays an important part jumping over a like off a ledge we've got them going high low to sort of evade someone right or to, to capture it to catch up that, to the two ro- the two parallel roads one high one low mm-hmm. yes for sure there's a helicopter there's so many things in this movie that like we've seen train. elsewhere like it, and it, it combines in a different way but like <laughs> Man, like it's just, it's like, it's not the same. We're not watching the same movie over and over again, but like we're watching from the same pool of DNA over and over again. Cops. There's a lot of cops. Before we talk about whether we like this, so this movie is very, very simple, right? Yes. Two guys rob a grocery store. Yep. That's it. And cops chase them. Yep. Yep. What is crazy to me, no pun intended, is that it's Dirty Mary, Crazy Glary, but Deke goes untitled. Like, why is Deke not in the title of this movie? (laughs) I don't know. And I actually, to be honest, he's probably my favorite character. It should be like Silent Deke or Angry Deke or just like... Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know what to tell you though about that brother. I mean, the title is great, but like, it just feels weird that he gets such short shrift. I thought that he was going to get like left out at some point, right? Because the yeah. title, I was like waiting for like Deke to go away, right? Because I'm like, Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry. Okay, cool. You know, these two are together. That's cool. And then like Deke just like shows up immediately and like doesn't leave. And I'm like, oh, it's not just about... Like, I thought they were going to like some kind of like backhandedness to him to get rid of him and then nope. it was just gonna be like those two but no they nope. just don't title him so like the they try to dump mary at every turn and she always sticks around because she's like i, I feel like they're not dumb like she's played to be dumb but she's like just smarter than them right they're like yeah. okay mary go in there and like go get us food she's like cool got it and then they drive away and he's like okay pull out the map and like she had taken the map so like <laughs> fuck we gotta go back but like it's everything like that where like she's supposed to be this like dumb one like the, the, the dirty yes. one because she's like this like whore. town whore basically yes. right yeah they don't seem dumb and she doesn't seem smart but she's still smarter than they are and it's a weird dynamic but like <laughs> at like three or four times in this movie and this movie's not she long it's like 90 them. minutes yeah they try to like leave her behind and she's like nope can't get rid of me nope so did you like this movie i enjoyed it i think it was a fun movie uh it was a little bit different than two-lane blacktop right it had mm-hmm. a lot of the same elements much more talking it felt a little bit different i enjoyed it my dad when he told me to watch this movie he was like watch this movie it has a crazy ending oh okay which it does which it does that's another thing, like, Vanishing Point had basically a very similar ending. <laughs> the almost identical ending. And now that I heard him say that, I know why he said that, and also that he had never seen Vanishing Point. If he would have said that to me, I'd have been like, oh, you've never seen Vanishing Point then, because it's essentially the same ending. Yeah, so at the end of this movie, spoilers if you have not seen it, they basically successfully evade the cops. Like I th- So I thought, like, what? 40 minutes into the movie, a cop yes. is on their tail, and I'm like, oh, hell yeah, we're going to have 50 minutes of a cop chase, right? Like, it's yep. like, there, here's the cops. And then, like, two minutes later, they're like, all right, cop's gone. It's like, 
what? Like, what? Yeah, the one that, they, like, the engine blows, and the cops yeah. just, like, pull yeah. over the side of the road, and it's like, okay, mm-hmm. they're done. And then they, like, stop to play pool. I'm like, what is going... Like, what is this movie? And then, like, they keep evading one cop at a time, then there's the cop, like, in the interceptor or whatever, and, like, they mm-hmm. finally get him, like, the, the pole falls on him, then there's the helicopter, they evade the helicopter. Every time there's, like, they're basically dealing with one or two cops, and they successfully evade all of them at every point, right? Yep. At the very end of the movie, uh, Larry says to Deke, hey, mister, it looks like ain't nothing gonna stop us. And then that's when they drive right into an oncoming train <laughs> and their car explodes and they all die. It's like, yep. wait, what? I, to be honest, I kind of like the ending. Again, you know, after we watch Vanishing Point, I really miss these movies that like wrap up the end so well that like, just kill them off. Like they just die at the end. That's it. That's the end of the story. Don't need to know more. We're like at, at least in Vanishing Point, it kind of, sort of, a little bit set up a weird, like they set up a confrontation at the end, right? Here, it's like literally out of nowhere. It's like, oh, we got away, boom. Like yeah. they, they're almost not able to finish their sentence until they're like, oh no, we're dead. I really, uh, man, I miss the times that people were making movies and not thinking about sequels or franchises, yeah. right? Yeah. Isn't it just, doesn't it feel great? Yeah. It's like super refreshing, to be honest. It, like yeah. not that they're like killing these people off at the end is like refresh. I'm just saying like, just being like, oh, it stopped, cool. We're not thinking about another movie. We're not going to bring these guys back. Like we don't have to like fact in if like somebody's contract like they're gonna do more of these it's like nope just dead i liked this movie i think it's probably my least favorite that we've done so far this lap oh okay why it feels like we've seen this done better i think yeah and maybe it might just be that we're doing so many of them so tightly together but like to the point where in the trivia right obviously tarantino loves this movie i'm looking through the trivia and he selected a scene from this like in the movie jackie brown two characters are watching this movie like this is oh i didn't know that for his that's cool first Quentin Tarantino Film Fest in Austin, Texas, which was in 1996. Like, he loves this movie. It's referenced twice. I'm not expecting the world from any of these, right? Like, it's not like I have these crazy high expectations. But I think because he was so adamant and, like, because he loves Vanishing Point and we, I love Vanishing Point, I was like, oh, I think I'm going to love this movie, and I think maybe it was just, like, a little too high. I think this is one where, like, the the dynamics don't quite hold up, and I'm not trying to, like, I don't want to shit on this movie for not being yeah. woke, but, like, the first thing we see Deke do is, like, barge in on a woman showering, and then, like, gag her and her daughter. It's like, oh, this is... And we're supposed to be rooting for him. And then she yeah. says something about, like, you're not going to rape me. He says something like, I'm not attracted to rape. And I'm like, is that supposed to like, we're okay here? Like it just, it's one of those things where like, he's I not a raper. This movie is... He was trying to say that he's not a raper. Yeah. yeah. Like I know this movie is like 50 years old, but I'm still like, this is, it, 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 there's a little bit here. I'm like, Ooh, I'm not, I don't feel good rooting about this, rooting for this guy. Like Larry and Mary are both like assholes too. Like I get they're the kind of the anti-heroes, but it's just like, I'm not, fully on board with these guys yet yeah i i thought that they were gonna be like the bad guys in this movie from the beginning and then it takes kind of a turn that they like kind of grow on you but i really did think that they were gonna be the villains of the movie you're supposed to root for them right but like maybe (laughs) maybe you're just rooting for mary that's all we're rooting for but mary seems like insane like on purpose right she's nuts yeah you got me to a good point though you know what we never see in fast and the furious that you just brought up what's that showers Nobody ever takes a shower, and people even then this comes wet. out wet. Monica Fuentes. Yeah, remember Monica this is the whole Fuentes. argument that we've talked about, yes. like whether she's showering or not. I still think she's showering or whatever, but maybe not. But we don't see too many people like swimming. Like I mean, you know, they jump the car into the water, but like we see Giselle in a bathing suit. We see them. It on does the beach. feel like we should have like one where like it's Vin Diesel, his hand 
against the shower wall, head looking down, contemplative, like water streaming off his head. That's probably like been in every other Vin Diesel movie, right? Like one of those yes. kind of things, right? But yeah, like oh, how am I going to get out of this hot water? Just like cleanse my soul type thing, right? Yes. Yeah. So I was trying to think, and like I kept pulling up connections to other movies, which we talked about before, and we'll talk about again. But I was trying to think, like in terms of fast connections, because I loved your idea when we watched Vanishing Point, that Kowalski was like Han. And I was like, who are these people like? And the closest thing, I have a a connection for two of the three, but not all three. Go ahead. Is there anything that immediately pops into your head who these people are like? I would have to say Larry and Deke remind me most of like Rico and Tego. Nailed it. Yep. You two. They're clearly close, clearly friends, but they also sort of hate each other, it seems. Yeah, and they'll like give each other a lot of shit. Yes. It's like a mutual it's a symbiotic relationship, right? Like they they definitely need each other. They know that. They're very brotherly, but at the same time it's like they don't like each other <laughs> too much. But I was trying to figure out like who because we don't know enough about Rigo and Tego yeah. to know who their Mary is. But, like, Mary kind of feels like, Go almost ahead. like what I was saying with Kowalski, like, Kowalski is too much of a wild card to be in, in, the, in the Fast and Furious universe. Like, Mary seems, like, too insane no, to be No, you know exactly who Mary is. Roman? Exactly. Mary's Roman. She's just a girl Roman. Because she's, like, cracking jokes, fucking with them, like, pooling pranks, but also, like, smart enough to get by but not the smartest like yeah. i think roman i think roman really is is who mary is for sure like early roman or modern roman i'd say earlier roman okay i mean you know with superpowers everybody changes but yeah earlier like two ish two five ish yeah like you know like punch through the window we could have just opened the door type situation like that's a mary kind of move right gotcha okay yeah yeah, yeah. two other things that tie this to other things you're saying that we don't we never see showers in the fast and furious movies once again in this movie they get gas and i think it was very funny yes. that like as the cop pulls up they like pull away and they just yank the nozzle out of the mm-hmm. thing and like it's just in their gas tank as they ride away and also in this movie again just like in vanishing point they get a flat tire too that they have to fix right yes so. yeah flat tires too man definitely how it is they actually have to fix the whole car but they don't fix just the flat tire doesn't he like fuck up the car when he when she bites him yeah because he like steers way off and like ride over rocks basically yeah and he has to like realign the whole car when she oversteers and like the jack falls like that's definitely Dude. a roman thing too like that's a roman shooting the harpoon exactly that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, turn it left. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. The other left, and then he's like... Pfft. And the thing about the jack, because they damage the car, they need Mary to turn the wheel so they can, like, align the steering underneath, right? She falls asleep first, doesn't she? Yeah, she does, or she pretends like she fell asleep in the car while she's waiting for them to, like, tell her to steer. She, like, turns it really quickly, and the jerk from the steering turn causes the car to fall off the jack. It's, like, supposed to be like, oh, this is scary, right? But at the same time, I was remembering that, like, all of these, like, 70s, 80s cars, like, the 70s cars, sat so fucking high off the ground. This is scary, but, like, she didn't kill these guys, right? Like, where they were in the middle of the car, like, they're not anywhere near a tire. Like, she would have maybe clipped, like, a hand or something. They look more annoyed than scared. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, but if you try to do this now, right? Like, you've been here when I changed my oil and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Modern cars are so low, you would crush your face with the car, right? Like, it's just, yeah. like, it's too close to your face, like, when you're under there. This has, like, so much clearance that it's, like, you'll be fine. <laughs> like, it will be frightening for sure, but you'd be, like... You'll be all right. I do want to make a note that Peter Fonda, who plays the titular Crazy Larry here, will be in our next movie, too. By the way, our next movie on Tuesday is 
I want to say Alex Ellenen's pick. Let me see if that's right or not. Yes, Alex Ellenen's pick on Tuesday, our next movie that we're going to be doing. We'll talk about this at the end. At the end is The Cannonball Run. We're finally oh, doing that classic. Yes. And that's yeah. not a Peter Fonda movie, but Peter Fonda is in it. I think it's like Chief Biker. So he'll come back. I think that movie is like seven to ten years after this, I want to say. That's very cool. Dude, we're doing, we're chaining these together. You, Yeah, I know, right? I also feel like they're kind of, when you're in these kind of movies, it's all these kind of movies in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't know. <laughs> fair so when they're at the grocery store early on they do like the whole like call home and like ask for the man of the house or whatever and that's the the signal to talk to the guy yes this guy here doesn't think we're serious he thinks we're a couple of butterflies i wonder if tarantino named butterfly butterfly after this insult because like butterfly isn't presumed not like i don't know that we ever really know her name in the movie but like her name's not Butterfly. Like, that's just what Jungle Julia calls her on the radio. Yes. I mean, I guess it could be, but, like, I, I never thought it was Butterfly. I, I'm a thousand percent sure that her character's named Butterfly because of that line in this movie, considering they mentioned that movie twice. Yeah. Like, it definitely makes sense. But, yes, I picked up on that, too. The Butterfly reference was really funny to me. And then my next note is that when Larry goes out to his car and he sees Dirty Mary lying in there, her feet are just dangling out the window. It's like... No wonder Tarantino loves this movie. It's just a woman's <laughs> bare feet out the yep. window. Yeah, it definitely is. The only reason she tags along, the only reason that she winds up dying because she's in the car, is because Larry slept with her the previous night and he left without saying goodbye. And like later she says like he didn't leave her a clean towel either. I get my question to you. Do you think, like, are they in a relationship? Are they just like, is it a one night stand? Are they somewhere in between? Like, what is the relationship in your eyes between Mary and Larry? I think that it was more of a one night stand. Like, they know each other, but it was definitely like a one night stand. Especially since like every guy in this movie and this is not like i don't want to keep like saying that we're classifying we're her as a whore, her. but like yes her character role in this movie is like she seems like the kind of woman who has slept with every dude in town and, and then she like left and went to the city and comes back and everybody's like oh like she's back now and her name in the title like this is again the lack of characterization but like that's exactly the kind of movie like we know from the jump from the title that she's dirty and he's crazy right and mm-hmm. we don't even know that deke exists but like it's the barest of characterizations but yeah like i don't think that they're together but the way that the, the log line says like two lovers Blah 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 blah. I was like, oh, like, that's not that's not what I got at all. Like, I, I don't think that they're lovers. And then also, once again, excludes Deke completely. Yes, we weird. also get to a weird dynamic where like it seems like Deke is really the right person for her, which is the same situation that we got in Two Lane Blacktop, right? Yeah. You eventually get to a point where they're like, okay, like the other two should be together, but the, they're not. So yeah, it was it was weird. It was very reminiscent of Two Lane Blacktop for me. But I also I also do wonder if that's just because it's like he's just a, a, a somebody like a listening ear in like her time of frustration. You know what I mean? Just like it could be anybody in that situation. Proximity. Like, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Very very cool fast connection here. We get to see a guy try to stop them by lifting a drawbridge. Yes, and they once again this is, this reminded me of one and two because they crashed through the the gate. Like, the, whatever you call them, like, the gates that, like, yes. stop in front of a train track, like, in one. Yes. But it's also, like, the opening race in two. Yeah, so that I was I was laughing. I was like, is this guy the Tej in this movie? That he's controlling the, the thing to let them jump it? And when they were building that ramp in, like, the beginning in, like, the first scene, I don't know why they're building, like, a ramp, a literal ramp that's, like, built for a car. I was like, oh, cool, so we have to go over that ramp soon. Like, <laughs> this is the worst foreshadowing ever, right? Like, it's just, like, there's a ramp, the car's sitting right behind it, and it's like, yeah, we're gonna jump the car over that ramp. Cool. Well, it's like in, in plays, there's Chekhov's gun, where, like, if you see in a play that there's, like, a, a gun on stage, like, it better go off. Like, somebody better fire or shoot the gun by the end of the movie, because, like, otherwise, why is there a gun in the movie? Like, why is there a gun on stage? Here, it's like, 
we call like Kowalski's ramp. Like if they, if you see them building a ramp, like car better fucking hit that ramp. Otherwise, like why are you building a ramp in a car movie? Exactly. That's what I was thinking the whole time. Did the way Peter Fonda speak remind you of anyone? Ooh. If anyone, it got to be Christopher Walken. Oh, I was no, I was thinking stuntman Mike. Oh, that's probably true. Just truer. like his, like his confidence and just like his sort of bravado. But I, I just, I was hearing a lot of stuntman Mike in Peter Fonda's delivery. I thought you were talking about like his literal like pitch and pitched also. Like it sounds totally like it, but I just feel like his cadence and the way that he's accenting words sounds a lot like stuntman Mike to me. Yeah, I can see it for sure. I'm sure Tarantino kind of stole some of that. That's for sure. What's kind of funny to me is that in this movie, they have this 68 Chevy Impala, right? And they go through most of the movie. Then part of their plan is they're going to go to this flea market, pick up the 69 Dodge Charger, switch cars, get away, right? Yes. Almost immediately in both cars, they like fuck up the car. Like... Within Immediately, the first five or ten minutes driving the Impala, he like tries to thread a needle between these two semis, and like he cracks the windshield badly, and they even like make a joke about it. Like, do you have eighty dollars to replace this? But like, it doesn't matter. Like, they're never going to go back to that car. And then later at the flea market, you know, not only do they run through a cop car's door, he like swerves, like he hits a truck, and he hits all this like. He just can't, like, he seems to be a really good driver who has the Kowalski thing where, like, he can't not break. Like, he just always has to be go, go, go. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really funny, too. And it's it's a weird premise of the movie that they're trying, they robbed this grocery store so that they could build a NASCAR. And, like, that's such a weird concept to me, like, thinking about this today. Like, imagine if, like, you and I were like, okay, like, if we start this business and it goes big, like, we'll just make a NASCAR. Like, it doesn't feel like you could ever do that in the modern world, right? Like, he's like, yeah, they won't, like, they won't let me race NASCAR because, like, I don't have a car. And it's like, oh, fuck, that's so crazy to me that you could just, like, build it and be like, I'm a NASCAR driver now. Although it does kind of feel that way in Drive, right? That, like, Brian Cranston is going to Albert Brooks. He's like, look, I got the driver. We just need the money for the car. Yeah. It's similar. I don't know if it's the exact same thing, but I think it's also kind of just like a... I don't know. That would be like Gosling saying, like, all I need is the car, and then I'm good. It's it, There's kind of a middleman there, but I think it's a similar thing. Yeah, it is. You're right. That's interesting. It's just, like, it's such a weird concept to me that you're, like, so in, in control of, like... The idea that it's, like, open sign-ups, essentially, is what I was, yeah. uh, what I was like, lost on. Like, can you imagine if you or I were just like, yeah, we're going to be a NASCAR driver tomorrow. Like, my dad's rich. I'm just going to be a NASCAR driver. You can do that, but there's some formality of it, like, that you're going to have to, like, go through a couple steps, not just, like, buy the car and show up. Right. I, yeah, I don't know what those steps are, but I'm assuming there's some kind of intermediary steps. Yeah, it's going to be like, okay, like get the car, get it approved by them. You could right. probably join a team that already exists. You donate a bunch of money to that team. You sponsorship, you know, greasing type situation. There's another very big fast connection that when you mentioned before, when she bites him and they veer off and they damage the car, they go into a field of horses. And I was like, ooh, Dom Toretto's Mustangs. Yes. His favorite Mustangs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These are the horses in, on all over his house, right? They also, this is the first of two scenes here where there's like an insult. Like he keeps calling her Dingleberry, which is kind of a funny word. And like at the end, Deke's like, it doesn't mean anything. Like he could just call you anything. That's just the word he's using to use. Like he's just, like he's making fun yes. of you, yes. But like, don't be offended by that word. It's just a word, whatever. Yeah. But there's two really funny lines that I wrote down that I can't believe have not what? been like regurgitated everywhere. But at what? one point, like after that, he says, after she bites him, he says, if you try a stunt like that, Again, I'm gonna braise your tits. No, no, no. He says braid your tits. Braid? 
braid them. Like he's gonna tie them together. Like tie your balls in a knot. I thought braise like braise like like grill them, like fry them, like just. No, I I thought he said braid your tits. Like I'm gonna take them and tie them together. <laughs> like that's which I which either one is hilarious to me. Braid your tits was a good one, and I don't know how that didn't. It is braid. Okay, yeah, I googled it. You you try something like that, and I'll braid your tits. Okay, but that's still either way. That's like a great turn of phrase. Like yeah, like you you guys you know with your fantasy baseball league always have you know get your shit pushed in tits lit shit pushed in yeah yeah tits lit and it's like tits braided yeah i gonna braid your tits over here when they drop her off to get the supplies and they burn rubber and leave her there and she Go took ahead. the map the line there i have every this bone in her crotch that's what i'm gonna break not every bone in her body every bone in her crotch which again is just characterizing her as like the town whore but it's, it's a very funny like very specific threat it's like <laughs> It's I'm so gonna break weird. every bone in your crotch. I have both of these written down, and they're like the only two lines I have written down from this movie. It was like such. I was like, I break every bone in your crotch. Like, what the fuck is he talking about? I, I wrote down one or two other. Like, there's the next line that I wrote down is like when they were being chased by the cop, right? And then like again, thread the needle between those cars, and one car flips, and because the car flips, the cop has to veer off, and the cops fly through the billboard, and they're like, what did that billboard say? And the billboard says. There's a name for people who don't wear seatbelts, and then in big letters, stupid. And the cops are fine. <laughs> but then we cut to inside the car, and Larry says to Mary, hey, stupid, when are you going to do your seatbelt? She's like, there's nothing you could do that like is going to make me wear a seatbelt. I just think it's very funny that like they say, you know, maybe he says it because of the billboard. Maybe it was just like he's just mean to her in general. But like them saying, you know, flying through the, the billboard is like, you know, calling people stupid for not wearing seatbelts. And then he literally calls her stupid. Like, yes. Hey, stupid, put on your seatbelt. I always forget. I'm always like so taken aback by these older movies with people like that not wearing your seatbelt was a thing. Right. Yeah. Like, this is something that like I totally forget. But we were alive in the generation of like grandparents will be like, I don't wear a fucking seatbelt. Yeah. And you're like, why? You know what I mean? But it's just like such a weird dynamic that we're thinking about. It's so strange that there was a time like even the most like badass, big, buff, burly, manly men nowadays are like, OK, put your seatbelt on, you know, yeah. like. <laughs> It's not this, like, macho thing anymore to not wear your seatbelt. And it's so weird to see her be like, I'm never putting my seatbelt on. Like, you can't you can't scare me in this vehicle. And they're, like, off-road driving and, like, stunt driving. So yeah. put your fucking seatbelt on. The only movie thing that I can think of that's even, like, remotely similar to that, and I think it's close but not exactly right, is that, like, in old movies, people just used to be, like, smoking cigarettes just, like, because that's what people did. They just... And people yes. still do, right? But now that they want to make sure, like, basically be the difference you want to see in the world. So, like, people in movies... Although not really, people in movies still sometimes don't wear seatbelts. I'm like, why are you not? Why are you not wearing a seatbelt? Like, what is that? Just put a seatbelt. Like, I know that you're not actually driving a car, but like, yes, put a seatbelt on. Like, what do you? But like, people don't like. You, I think you're not allowed. Like, I think it's something insane. Like, if you have a character smoking a cigarette, and that's not part of the plot, like if they're if they're just like a yes. oh he's just like a dirtbag who just like drinks and smokes or whatever. Like, it's automatically like PG-13 or something like that because like they just don't want kids to see people smoking cigarettes. It's a great way to do it. It's a safety thing, right? Like I I, I no, kind of wish. No, it makes so much sense because you get you get accustomed to seeing something. So yeah. if you normalize something in your brain with images, you'd be like, oh, it's very normal that all these people are smoking. But if you don't see it all the time, when you see it, you're like, oh, there's like a weird stigma about it. Like, why would you ever be doing that? I don't see this ever. I do wonder why you know you watch a car scene and like these people are just having a conversation in the car and like they're not wearing the seatbelt and like my brain picks up and i'm like oh something's gonna something bad is gonna happen here because he's not wearing a seatbelt it's like <laughs> no he's just not wearing a seatbelt like it's not like they're gonna get in a car and he's gonna fly through the window it's just like yeah oh the actor's not wearing the seatbelt but like just put it on it's funny man it cracks me up you know what i miss when i was watching this 
on What's a kind of similar note. I was like watching this. They were getting the gas and the numbers were turning. And I was like, man, I really miss all these old analog machines. Mm, mm-hmm. Like everything's so digital now. I just had a, I had a really uh, a weird sense of nostalgia for like, you know, we watched in the last one we had Tarantino's Jukebox. I like Jukeboxes. Now everywhere has like wacky touch tunes or whatever, which is like, yep. Definitely not as cool. It obviously sounds a ton better and stuff like that, but, like, it's not as cool. These old gas pumps, I was like, man, I haven't seen a gas pump that had, like, turning numbers in forever, man. And it it just sucks. Yeah. It's not it's not useful. It's it's no. worse. It's objectively worse and probably less accurate and yeah. slower in, like, every way. But it's still cool. It's still cool, right? It's just like, oh, damn. Like, there's, there's going to be a, a whole generation of kids that, like, just be like, no idea what that is. On a totally different note, do you feel like this is a few too many police resources for a single robbery? Yes. Like, they basically have an entire county's worth of cops and the helicopter. It's like a 20 cop cars, essentially, right? Like, at least 20. I think, I mean, who knows what numbers are, at least 20, but, like, they're saying, you know, numbers between, like, single digits and, like, the mid-30s, so, like, maybe up to 30 or 40 cops. Like, they're blocking off, like, so many exits. Like, mm-hmm. why? Like, I feel like we don't have enough of a reason. And I know that the movie doesn't care. And that's the point of the movie. Like, it doesn't care what the people... Like, it's just going to be a chase movie. Yes. But, like, when at the end, Franklin, who's the guy in the helicopter, says to Mary, like, I know you're a parole jumper. You're going to get this. You're going to get that. Whatever. you got to get back here. Whatever. Like, he's taunting her. He's like, I know who you are. I know Mm -hmm. that you've been in trouble with the law. Whatever. I kind of want to know more about them. But, like, that's not this kind of movie. But, like, it feels like they have this, like, storied history. Like, I kind of want almost, like, the Kowalski brief flashbacks where, like, it's them on the run from something else. Like, it seems like this is, like, Franklin has, like, this long-standing history that he's been chasing them forever. But, like, we don't get any of that. Because the other guy, too, like, when he calls him, he's like, I hope you catch him. And he's like, why? And he's like, because like, you won't feel good about it when you're done. So there is some kind of like weird history there, for sure. I guess that's supposed to be enough, which it probably is, but it's still the kind of thing where I'm like, oh, I wish I wish I knew just like a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why not. But I mean, hour and 30 minute movie, so that's what we yeah. get. The flip side of the coin, it feels like they're planning like that entire like inch thick book of the route to take to steal from one grocery store. It feels like too much there, too. Yeah, and how much money do they really have at this grocery store, right? Like, And, like, they make a joke. They're like, price of groceries went up again, and then that's it. Like, But it's not it's not a huge safe. I mean, you could fit a lot of money in that safe, but, like... I don't, gives them probably, I don't know. like... And she seems to be taking the cash every day, right? Because he's like... Yeah, she's like, I'm ready to do it today, or whatever. He's like, oh, we got a hold. Yeah. Time to get the cash. They're cleaning it out every day. Maybe a couple grab? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, you know, factor in that, like, this is back in a day where everybody paid cash for everything, so, like... You know, the till was going to be a lot greater. There's no, like, credit card receipts or something like that. But even still, it's like, how much were groceries in this thing? If a beer is eighty, you know, right. may, if you bought groceries for a week. No, I think and I, I think that, like, the three drinks they have is eighty. Okay, so there you go. Even worse, right? Exactly. Like, like, if you buy, if everybody, if it was, like, a Sunday, and everybody yeah. bought all their groceries for the week on the same mm-hmm. day, what is your groceries going to be, like, 50 bucks? Again, we don't know this, but, like, in, in Ocean's Eleven, when they rob, it's, like, it's on fight night, it's on a weekend, it's, like, yes. this, this, this. Like, there's, they lay out the reasons why, like, this is the night to do the take, because, like, it's going to have, like... On a normal night, there's like a hundred million or 150 million. Like tonight, there's gonna be like 300 or whatever. Like there's like a there's an urgency to like why it has to happen on this night. Yes. Here, just like oh yeah, like here's the grocery store. Like let's rob it 
which is which is cool. Like I like that, but like I think modern movie telling, you know, storytelling, movie making is like give me any reason why about any of this. I think that audiences have gotten more sophisticated, and I think sure. we've talked about this before. And it's like you have to give like if you made a movie like this today, everybody would be like, why the fuck did they just like. Like, why did they pick this day? Why did they pick this grocery store? And, like, the audience wants to know about it. People are going to write on Letterboxd today, like, didn't fucking make any sense. Like, this is a stupid-ass thing for them to do, as opposed to just watching the movie being like, oh, that was a cool car chase. Right. I think that's why, again, like, I'm not holding that against this movie, because it is 50 years old, and it's it's not trying to aspire to be anything huge. It's just a B-movie or whatever. But, like, it's those little things where, like, with Vanishing Point, like, we know the stakes. We know where Mm -hmm. he has to get to. We know what's in it. Like, even, like, the side bet about, like, I need to get there by X time, though I can get there by Y time or whatever, right? Like, mm-hmm. all those different things, like, we know, like, not that we know a ton, but we know enough, it's just like, okay, so he's capturing, okay, okay, so that's his wife and his daughter, okay, but who's this guy? Like, is there a history there? No, there's no history there. Like, why this grocery store? Like, I don't, uh, it's just one piece of information anywhere. I'd be like, cool, okay, done. <laughs> this makes but sense, like, yeah. But it's like, hey, this one grocery store that we passed by, like, is that the town they live in? I don't know. Yeah, maybe not, right? Because, like, why would you rob your own grocery store? Like, wouldn't you go, like, a town over or something? Not a bad thing. Just, like, a give me any bit of anything and I'd be happy. It's just, oh, okay, sure. Yeah. I do like when the helicopter is at the end basically like street level with them and one of them says i believe he wants us to pull over which is pretty yeah. <laughs> the only other note that i have the only other connection this is again to vanishing point is that i think they're going to san francisco too like they mentioned something about san francisco and i was like oh but like they, they might not be i don't know yeah i was gonna ask you what's the setting of this movie like what what place town i have no state? idea actually no i have i got a, a picture of the car license plate was blue i think i actually wonder if it's in the wiki hold on no, I can't tell. Maybe no, I have no idea. Possibly Oklahoma. It feels like it feels like the Midwest, but I I, it does. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either, dude. I like the the colloquialisms as in kiss off. Yes. I think that's K I S S O F F. Kiss off is really interesting. I, I can't believe we don't was that a really big thing back then? Did people actually say it? Is it like for the movie? Is it like regional? I want to learn everything about the etymology of kiss mm-hmm. off. Also unload. Like, to, like, relax, like, you should unload, but she also uses it to mean to, like, scram, right? Like, yeah, I like these, like, uh, you know, niche word type things. And then he reads the sign in the bar that says, like, no risque women, and he reads it risk Q. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck did he just say? And he's like, yeah, no risk Q women. And he's like, that means you or something. So, like, he, like, knew what the word meant, but then pronounced it, like, way wrong. Yeah. It was very strange. And the last thing that I noticed is the cop that goes to get the car with the, that's the interceptor, right, with the bigger engine. Yeah. When he's driving in the car, he looked so much like Channing Tatum to me. Oh, I didn't notice that, but I believe it. Yeah, he looked like he looked like he could have been like Channing's young dad in his first role. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he looked very, very similar. I'm trying to think now. I can't remember who it was, but Deke was giving me flashes. Like I'm like, oh, I could easily recast him as somebody modern too. I don't remember who it was. So it was it was a strange feeling there. I could see Mary as like a. Go ahead, say it. Come on. There's one real answer here was Anna Faris, I'm thinking. Oh, no, I was going to go Uma, right? Like, Oh, sure, I mean, yeah, Uma, for, yeah. For, like, Tarantino-y reasons, like... Sure. But, yeah, Anna Faris, 
Anna Ferris. Uh, what's her name? The other one. The one that I like a lot. From what? Parks and Rec and everything else we watched. That Oh, Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza would be a great Mary. I can see that. I think she kind of plays that character in Dirty Grandpa, right? Like, it's it's essentially this kind of, like, I'm one step ahead of you, but also not very smart and, like, just right. going to cause chaos anyways. Oh, I was thinking, I remember now, Deke kind of looks like the guy who plays Hans Landa in Inglorious Bastards, Christoph Waltz. Just sort of has the same kind of face. So some trivia about this, and I'm actually reading the Wikipedia now, so there's some more stuff there. But So the collision at the end of the movie, where the car Mm -hmm. crashes into the train, they had rigged an engineless Dodge Charger filled with explosives to a towing cable that they ran underneath the train tracks. The towing cable was hooked up to a pulley system and then to the train, which pulled the Dodge Charger into it. Crash and the explosion were actually two separate shots, one of the actual collision, and the train was accompanied by a small explosion. And the second was a larger explosion, the wrecked Charger, staged with the train passing in the background of the shots. That's cool. And apparently that clip was also used in a TV show, the opening credits of a TV show called The Fall Guy, which I think is kind of funny and kind of cool. Yeah, so what did they, they just use the same clip? Like, I guess so. It's like stutter shot or what, shutterstock images. Yeah. They just like used it. The... Like with a watermark on it, just like Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry. Like, oh no, <laughs> uh, it's The Fall Guy. Show The Fall Guy. <laughs> also apparently in the poster for this movie, behind Larry and Mary, there's an image of a Dodge Charger engulfed in flames. So it's like, oh, I guess that's so going like, to happen. ruined it for you. <laughs> Although, like, the car on Death Proof's poster isn't in the movie either. I don't, who knows? But yeah. So the second getaway car is a 69 Dodge Charger RT with a 440 cubic V8. Its mm-hmm. Chrysler factory color is, quote, Citron Yellow. Like Citronella, but with a yellow Citron space Did yellow. you like the color? Of this car? I think it's very cool. I think it also... It's like iconic, right? It feels it feels like it, it's a... It's like a time capsule. Like, it's meant... It is... It stands out. It's not something that, like, I would pick for a normal car, but on this car, I was like, this is really cool. It also reminds me of the last car that I had where, like, in certain sunlight, it looked blue. In certain sunlight, it looked purple. In certain sunlight, it looked black. Like, here, it's like, oh, this kind of looks yellow. kind of looks green. Green, It kind of yeah. looks like that neon in between. Like, yeah. Like, I'm never a huge, like, neon car fan. Like, that's never the color I would pick. You know, I really enjoyed the white Challenger that we saw in Death Proof and yes. Vanishing mm-hmm. Point. Mm-hmm. I think that was really cool. But, like, when I saw it in green, I was like, damn, I kind of like it in green like this. This is pretty yeah. interesting. It's very cool. Yeah. The black stripe on the side was not a factory-offered racing stripe, but one painted on by the crew. Oh, that's cool. It's a nice touch, though. I think think it looks nice. So, in a grand, more overview of doing this lap, I always knew that, like, Dodges were cool, Chargers and Challengers are cool. You know, we watch Fast and the Furious, and Dom has a Charger, and you're like, oh, that's really interesting, cool nod, whatever. I didn't realize that, like, the Challenger and the Charger are, like, the two cars of all of these movies. So as much as I thought that this was kind of, like, a unique individual thing, and it is for Dom in the Fast and the Furious, right, that he has, like, a Charger, like, he's American muscle, this is so cool. It's actually, like, really bland as a choice. That it's not this, like, very interesting choice to have, because it was in every single one of these movies. Dom's dad had to be, like, the most normal car guy ever, (laughs) right? Like, it's just, like, super unfascinating. He's like, oh, yeah, dude, like, it's fucking Vanishing Point, it's fucking Dirty Mary Crazy Larry, like, it's every one of these, like, Dodge was the fucking car, Wait, do you think that Dom's dad is Quentin Tarantino? Maybe when Tarantino... So, you know, Tarantino puts himself in his movies for no reason. Yeah. What if he directs 10 as well as is predicted, and 
he inserts himself as Dom's dad and he just has the quotes from Death Proof and it's just referencing all the same movies and that's why like exactly what you're saying but it's just Tarantino in the movie as himself essentially but as Dom's dad God. delivering the lines can you imagine Tarantino being Dom's dad and he's like like the fucking charger man like <laughs> just, <laughs> and he's just like staring at Letty's feet and stuff if Dom has yeah. a foot fetish in 10, that will be really interesting. We know it's genetic. Yeah. And so the craziest trivia about this movie is okay. that, so Vic Morrow, who plays Franklin, said he insisted, do you know Vic Morrow? Have you heard of this guy? Do you know why nope. he's sort of known? Okay. Nope. So he insisted on a million dollar life insurance policy before he'd film any scenes in the helicopter. And so Amen. That if, he wasn't, if he wouldn't be insured, he'd walk off the picture. They granted his wish. When asked why, he said, I always had a premonition that I'll be killed in a helicopter crash. Flash okay. forward to 1982. He is known for being decapitated on set by a helicopter blade while filming Twilight Zone the movie. Fuck, dude. So apparently, I did not know this part of it, but he and two other two kids died on set. Another kid was decapitated. Another kid got crushed by the helicopter. The helicopter's main rotor... I don't know if the helicopter crashed or the rotor broke off or something, but he died on set while making the movie. Like, there's very few times that someone has been, like, killed on set. Like, Brandon Lee, I think, in The Crow, maybe? Or in some movie, okay. Brandon Lee got shot. Like, they thought it was a blank, but it was a real bullet. Like, very, very rarely in the history of Hollywood has, like, somebody died on set. In a, effectively a stunt, right? Yes. Or, like, what's not, like, whatever. But, yeah, Vic Morrow is known for being decapitated. Like, the guy in the helicopter here, the guy that's, like, their main adversary, <laughs> like, eight years later, died while making a movie. And he had a premonition, and he made them take out a life insurance policy for this one. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't trust fucking helicopters, man. Have I talked to you about this before? No but I think that tracks. It, it tracks. You mean just me, personality-wise? Yeah. One of my coworkers was going to the Grand Canyon, right? And if you ask anybody that's, like, ever, like, I have another ask friend... Ask any racer, any real racer? Any real racer, yeah. Like, I have another friend that's in the Army, and I was, like, telling him that I also don't trust helicopters. He's like, same. And he was like, I spent way too much time in a helicopter in the Army. I don't fucking trust those things. Like, I've been in one that was, like, well-maintained and, like, Army grade. That fucking scares me. I know that that shit's, like, about to break. So we were talking to my one friend. He was like, yeah, I'm going to, like, the Grand Canyon. Like, we were thinking about taking a helicopter ride. I was like, not me, man. He's like, oh, but, like, it's only, like, 200 bucks. I was like, that's precisely why I'm not going in that helicopter. Like, <laughs> like that seems vastly underpriced for what like i like i would be comfortable in the helicopter if it was like 10 grand a ride right you know what i mean i'd be like oh they must have to do a lot of well they have like uber chopper in vegas and yeah, they have uber chopper that. in new york where it's like 50 bucks it's like wh what that's what i'm saying you know how terrifying that is like that's that's way too cheap a tank of gas is 50 bucks like you're gonna put me in this 50 dollar fucking helicopter no way uh-uh like yeah. i want the most expensive helicopter and i might feel okay like how much you pay in this pilot like a fucking Uber driver? Like, he's not getting paid nearly enough to be controlling that death machine. Absolutely not. I'm, I'm with him. Even though <laughs> I'm, I hope, I'm hopefully never going to get decapitated, but, like, I ain't going in helicopter. Like, Life Flight is the only helicopter ride that I'd be happy to take. That's it. What's that? Life Flight's, like, when they come to save you with the helicopter. It's like a helicopter oh. ambulance. Like, that's the only one that I would ever want to see and be like, thank you. Oh, that actually reminds me. It's not a, a, not a helicopter. I, I've never been in a helicopter. I was in a private plane once when we flew to Vegas Ooh. one time, which is another story. But when I was interning at a newspaper in college, yes. and they got this thing that, like, there's this terrible accident on a highway near our house, like, near the office, whatever. Yeah. They sent, whatever, the health helicopter to basically air vac them out, right? 
And so I go yeah. with the photographer. We can get the story later, but we, like the photographer needs to be there soon now. to like yeah. get the picture of the helicopter in the middle of the highway, right? Yep. And I'm like, hey, can I go with you? He's like, yeah, sure, absolutely. And we're driving down the thing. Like we know roughly the mile marker or whatever, right? He's like, just keep your eye out. And then like, I will never forget, like just like we basically pass a clearing of trees and like you're looking like, it's again, sort of Tarantino-esque, this movie-esque where like the, the one eastbound highway yeah. is like lower and the westbound's higher at this point. And I remember like looking left and just like up the hill, which is like this green helicopter in the middle of the highway. I was like, yeah, there it is. Like, like it's <laughs> impossible to miss. But I was like, that's insane. Like, you just don't see that, right? And so, like, yeah, the photographer like did this like a really crazy like U turn and like drove over the median, like like a grassy median or whatever. And like, it's crazy like just to see a helicopter where a helicopter is not supposed to be, like in the middle of a highway. Crazy. It's nuts, man. Yeah, it's just like a really strange thing. I, I have a friend that's a that's a helicopter nurse. He says it's like super super crazy. He's like in California. The stories that I've heard from him about it is is really nuts it's like they're like essentially like lumberjacks right because like a lot of the times like the people that need helicopters in california like there's like mountains and shit they'll like life flight them in like fly them into like wherever and then they still have to go like hike seven miles to go like find this person right with like all their gear it's like a really crazy job again but no helicopters for me Fuck no helicopters. Thank you. Please and thank you. So from the wiki page, so this movie was almost entirely or entirely shot in California, so maybe it's California? Okay. I don't know. At the end of the movie, the charger that crashes into the train was not in the original script. The novel upon which the film was based ended with the robbers colliding with a tanker truck, um, mm. but as the location offered a maze of railroad crossings, the ending was changed to incorporate the collision. Hoff, who is the director, John Hoff, H-O-U-G-H, said the lead characters did not die in the script. Quote, I did that myself without asking or telling anybody. Oh, he just like was just like, no, we're going ch- to change the ending and everybody's going to die. <laughs> Consequently, we would not be able to make a sequel because the leading characters were all killed, but a statement I really wanted to make was speed kills. If you're going to drive 100 miles an hour, you'll get yourself killed, so you better not speed. It's like a mother's, it's a, it's a mad, yeah. <laughs> it's a very long mad advertisement here. Just like Kowalski, like we talked about in The Vanishing Point, like he could save so much trouble and so many minor collisions just by like breaking at stop signs. Like not even stopping, just like slowing yeah. down and seeing if there's Rolling like stop. a fucking truck coming. <laughs> yep. Although I do really love, so there's the interceptor we talked about a couple times, right? And like yeah. the charger, like they T-bone that truck and the truck spins and flips and it's on, on its head or whatever. Yeah. And they drive off and then the interceptor cop pulls up next to the guy and is like, did a charger do this to you? The guy's like, I guess, yeah, probably. It went that way. He's like, cool, <laughs> thanks. And the cop drives off. He's like, hey, what are you like? I'm, what do you want me to do here? Like, I think that's so funny. Like, that's maybe the funniest moment in the movie because <laughs> the cop's just like, I don't got time for you, buddy. I got to go hunt these guys down. Like, sorry that your shit's fucked up, but like, <laughs> I got to go. Exactly. Maybe, I guess it was a helicopter. Like, yeah. So apparently this was a surprise sleeper hit at the box office. Interesting. Or no, maybe rentals. I don't know if it, maybe just, it earned $12.1 million in rentals, making it Fox's most successful film of the year. Fonda, Peter Fonda said the movie made, quote, a shit pile of money, more money than any film Dennis Hopper ever made. He added, quote, I couldn't believe that so many moviegoers had seen the film four or five times. I could understand them seeing Easy Rider four or five times, or maybe even The Hired Hand, but why Dirty Mary Crazy Larry? Heck, I was even embarrassed by the Tide? Title, maybe? 
Maybe it's a typo. Yeah, title. Nevertheless, the film established Fonda as a draw on the exploitation circuit, and most of his films over the next few years were action movies, which I'm guessing is also probably why he pops up in the Cannonball Run, which might be a comedy? I don't know. Yeah, Cannonball Run's a little bit of a comedy. At least I thought it is. I mix that one and Midnight Run up a lot. My dad. Likes I think Midnight, Midnight Run's Run not a comedy. I don't know. I, we'll find out. Yeah, I, I, you, you know what I'm saying. There's two of them, and I always confuse. Like I've seen both with my dad, and I know that he likes one more, and I don't remember which one is which and which one is a comedy and which. Oh, yeah. because there was. I was saying to you that when we were doing Edge of Tomorrow, that the guy who directed Edge of Tomorrow and like has written a bunch of the movies, like Doug Liman, is remaking the Cannonball Run. When I clicked on that, that was a comedy. So I think it's okay. a comedy. But I don't know for sure. Edgar Wright said this film, Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, influenced Baby Driver. He said, quote, he always felt Mm. sorry for the actor Adam Rourke, who plays Deke. He's in the movie for the entire thing. You assume in the movie that Adam Rourke is going to die at some point, but he's right there till the end. So it should be really called Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, and Deke. Why does this guy get left off the title? He's been there the whole time. <laughs> he's, he's right with us, man. Yeah. Tracks, it works for me. I'm with you, buddy. I do feel like like we don't have room in this lap unless we like bump something or do another or something. But like Baby Driver is another one that I feel like maybe we it's kind of like in that death proofing, right? Like maybe we have to figure out a way to do death or do Baby Driver because it's it doesn't feel as old school. I guess it does in some ways. No, it, it doesn't. It's it's way more modern. But like there was that list like where we pulled a bunch of movies from. Like yeah. it was that list of of like the 10 movies like so this thing on letterboxd edgar writes car car land top 10 car chase movies he curated a list of classic car movies that influenced baby driver shown at the bfi in june 2017 and basically spoilers for some of the lap but like here's the movies and we're going to do a lot of these i was also thinking like we've got to be near the end of the lap no we're like halfway through the lap like we yes. have so many more movies but anyway it's fun i kind of like it though I'm, I'm enjoying good. it. Because these are all, like, fun movies. They're all fun, and, and we needed to, like, we're at a point where we needed to cover these. Just, like, yes. get, get just like to table them, get them out of the way. It's going to it's gonna change our next lap's viewing of the... For sure. For, of Fast and Furious, for sure, so... I was also thinking in a similar way, like, if there are... Like, there's the one that we keep saying, Better Luck Tomorrow, right? Where it's like, this yes. is the one movie. Of all the movies that we have not covered yet, that's the one. I wonder if there are more like that that, like... I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I'm sure there are, where it's like, okay, we're going to do a lap where, like, all the movies, like, basically our homework. It's like, we're doing all these, like, we have this as the baseline. I don't know that there are more, but maybe. So here's the list, Edgar Wright's list. So To Live and Die in L.A., Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, Freebie and the Bean, The Italian Job, the original one, not that Angelina Jolie shit, <laughs> as Death Proof said, The Blues Brothers, Smoking the Bandit, Bullet, The French Connection, The Driver, and Vanishing Point. Those are all movies, like, either that we're covering or we have covered or in the vein of what we're covering, right? And so, yeah. like, I do feel like, because Baby Driver does not feel like Death Proof where it's from the era, but it does feel inspired by, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either, dude. I think that's all I got on the uh, the wiki. So apparently it's a, a huge success. People love this movie. You know, going back to me saying that I didn't like it as much as others, like, I wonder if I would love it more or like it more or like it less if I hadn't watched these. Because I feel like it's working both in the movie's favor and against it that I've seen so many others. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen a lot of similar stuff, but it's also like, oh, I understand where all this is coming from and why this is happening. I kind of like watching them in, in this grouping. I think that it's giving me more to think about. You know what I mean? Like, you kind of put it in the era. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. a little bit more interesting for me. Yeah, I think so too. Any other thoughts about Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry before we... No, uh... I think it's cool. If you haven't seen it and you liked Vanishing Point or you like any of these other types of movies, 
You should give it a shot. It's a quick watch. It was fun. Yeah, it's not streaming anywhere for free, but they have recently, in the last like five or ten years, I think, remastered it. So like it's out on DVD and out on Blu-ray and everything like that. So if you want to see it, it's not hard to find. It's just not like on Netflix or something. Give it a shot, man. I think it's cool. It was a good afternoon watch for me, for sure. Yeah. So next week, Joe, we got two episodes, of course. We mentioned already that the first episode, Tuesday's episode, is Alex's Patreon pick. It's the Cannonball Run. Mm-hmm. And then on Sunday, we're doing something that's not a movie. There's no real homework to do. It's similar-ish to the Nas Boost, but not a Nas Boost. It's something that we've done something like this before, but no homework for Sunday. But it's going to be a little bit of a surprise on Sunday. If you Sunday. join in to the, to the oh, yeah, that's party, Sunday. Yes. We'll, we'll tell you what we were up to, what we were Yes. So this Sunday, if you're still listening, this Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern, we will send a link to watch Tokyo Drift with us mm-hmm. as we prepare for that to record that next week. But yeah. Uh, yeah, Cannonball Run for Tuesday and then something special for next Friday. And then after that is Tokyo Drift. But join us. Like you said, I'm glad you brought that up. I made a note. Didn't even read the note. But <laughs> Tokyo Drift Family Watch Party, Sunday, May 3rd, 9 p.m. Eastern. For all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash too fast, too forever, or at too fast too forever on twitter and instagram email us family at cageclub.me check out our patreon page at too fast too forever.com get two picks for the price of one quarantine special too fast subscribe fans come back next week for the cannonball run and a special secret episode for now and uh, check out all 87 episodes wherever you listen to podcasts shout out i'm joey lewandowski i'm joe too and we'll see you next time right here on too fast too forever peace out you anus anus. 